Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible, just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, liquid death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest, Mr. Rick Rodney. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is so cool because like, like my favorite part of the podcast is that 
we've known each other for many years, played shows together, seen each other, had conversations, never really hung. Yeah. You know, we know we know a lot about each other from the music, from the world we're in. But um, now you're in my kitchen. Yeah. And you brought me some cookies, so thank you so much. <laughs> it's a nice kitchen. Well, ah, uh, thank you. Where are those cookies from? They're from Amara Kitchen, which is uh, a little sort of independent restaurant in uh, Highland Park right by my pad. Oh, nice. Highland yeah. Park's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's tight. Damn, I, I said go a long time ago before. It's like the vegan mecca, too, over there now. There's so many things. It is. Like, on, on a, any given day on, like, York Boulevard, you can find, like, the best sort yeah. of vegan food and you know it's awesome a lot of people start out there and they kind of move on and get restaurants and you stuff. know kitchen mouse of course yeah, yeah that's erica daking from f minus oh shit cool. sister. oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's interesting and i mean like, yeah yeah a lot of i mean there's like a another spot called home state which is not a vegan spot but they have really good tacos and good food and uh, it's cool because highland park is very diy kind of yeah scrappy put it together you know it's it used to be sort of like a spot where you'd go if you couldn't afford la proper but, get some cheaper but, houses over there and stuff yeah, there. yeah but now yeah. it's like kind of came the, up the spot yeah it's like lower east side kind of yes reminds me of that same. gritty vibe and like there's a lot of food trucks and stuff yeah and yeah it's got its elements for sure and, um and after the pandemic or during the pandemic it started getting pretty pretty nuts again you know yeah 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 it's crazy but. so are you are you born and raised out here I was born in San Fernando Valley or in San Fernando in San Fernando Hospital. And then I was kind of raised, eh, lived in lived in sort of the valley as a kid. And then my parents moved us to Moore Park. Oh, yeah, I know Moore Park. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up like my teen years, I guess, was in Moore Park. And then that's where I met like all my band guys and stuff. Yeah. And how was it growing up there? Like, how do you have siblings? I had I have two brothers. They're younger. Um, it was cool like in hindsight now i get it why my, yeah. my, my parents did it but <laughs> at the time i was like get me the fuck out of here you know yeah like, were your parents strict not really i mean they tried but you know i i think i was like a pretty decent kid in terms of like i was nice yeah uh, you know but i didn't follow like what i was supposed to do yeah we we get in school and stuff that's terrible in school Damn. i i ditched and I, I dropped out. Yeah, I, I didn't care. You dropped out? I dropped out in like 10th or 11th grade, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were your parents tripping on that? They, they were bummed. They were bummed. But I was straight edge, so they were like, yeah, oh, that's like go. the payoff, yeah. you know? Like, that that was the thing. <laughs> so it was like mo most of, you know, growing up in that environment, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I mean, it's like a very sort of like typical story, I think, for like punk and hardcore kids. But, um, you know, Southern California suburb very angsty skateboard that kind of thing yeah and yeah i mean i got into punk you know first it was metal and all that shit and then it got into punk did you have long hair no i had like long bangs you know like the skate cut. yeah yeah like yeah. the kevin Staub or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> cavalero and um yeah i had that for a minute i was really into the misfits of course yeah you know it was like is it through friends you got into it the music yeah i mean I got it. I I have to say I, I probably got into punk through Thrasher magazine because I was skating first. Yeah, skate rock and all that shit. And skate rock, and then there was like the Sam Hain issue or Danzig issue. I think it was like '87, and it's like him on the cover, and he's got his like Devil's Lock, and it was just like, whoa, who's the fuck? Who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. insane. And then there was like I think there was another one with like photo of Cro-Mags playing CBs or something. Damn. And I was Scary. like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, what yeah. is this shit? So that, and I didn't know the music or anything. I was still kind of young to, or didn't have access, I guess, is more, was, was yeah, more, yeah, more yeah, like yeah. it. I mean, we didn't have a record store in Moore Park. We didn't really have anything in Moore Park. And uh, there was a record store in the city over called Best Records. And I think I bought 
Age of Coral on tape there, and I bought like Legacy Brutality on white vinyl there, and you know it was like kind of a the starter pack, you know. Yeah, you get like your Meyer Threat record, your Dead Kennedys, all that shit. So yeah, yeah so it's just it was like back then for us. Because now it's like so diverse with the soundtracks to like the skate videos and stuff. Mm. It was strictly punk. Yeah. And those skate, those Bones Brigades, all those, yeah. man. It was like, then the skate rock compilations, that's how I heard a lot of that music. You know what I mean? It was aggressive. You could skate to it. Yeah. I think you can order those through the magazines and stuff. It'd take weeks and weeks to get something in the mail. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Now it wasn't like, oh, let me YouTube it and just yeah. <laughs> and know everything about it in two seconds. And now like if you order something, I know because I do orders like, you do a pre-order, then the next day it's like, where's my shit? It's like, no, dude, it's pre-order. I have to wait. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Pre-order is, is kind of the rad thing, though, because it does give you that, that like, oh, it's coming. I can't wait. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When we were, yeah, like living in where we lived, it was like myself and maybe three other kids that I was friends with, you know, uh, that were into the same shit. Yeah, and, yeah, Into yeah. punk or into skating and all that. And so, yeah, you'd mail away and like. If it came, it was like a bonus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you actually got your stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Actually showed up, but um, you know, I was like, I want a sticker from this band, and you'd send it. You know, send two bucks to in Texas or whatever, and it would just Put maybe, cash in the yeah, envelope. yeah, maybe come or maybe not. Who knows? Were you? Uh, were you a good skater? N- I mean, you know, probably not. <laughs> I don't street skate. Yeah, only? yeah. It was street skate. I didn't really do vert or pools. I I kind of thrashed myself when I was younger in the pool and all that shit. So it kind of scared me. Yeah. Um, but street skating, yeah, I mean, it was easy because it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And my f- couple of my friends were really good, and they ended up turning pro and that kind of thing. Um, so it was always good influence, like, you know, push you and stuff. But I, I was never, like, really good. Yeah, so when you quit school, like, what is your goal at that point? Skate. Just fuck school and skate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to skate. Like, I thought my, my ultimate, like, my, my dream when I was, like, 16 was to move to San Francisco and become a garbage man because – Garbage men, from what I understood, made like good cash, like good money. Yeah. And it was like early hours. So you'd get your shit done and then be able to skate all day. So that this was my philosophy or my, my plan amazing, was actually. like, let me move. To, and then San Francisco had six skating and oh, then yeah. it also paid the highest for like garbage men. So I thought that was like, OK, this is my goal. I'm going to move to San Francisco. And you I'm researched a, all that stuff? Like, you knew all that? My I, my dad, I think, told me, like, wow, you know, okay. my dad wasn't, like, an electrician, like, blue-collar dude, and he was, you know, maybe he had friends. I, I don't know how I found out about it or, or got that information, but maybe it was a bit of, like, wishful thinking and, and also some facts. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that was my goal was, like, and my I think I told my parents that, and they were, like, I didn't get my license until I was, like, 17 and a half. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you have to get your driver's license. And I was like, I don't want to. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I'm just going to skate everywhere. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I'll just skate everywhere. And we used to skate from like Moore Park to like the, the, the east end of Simi Valley, which for people who know, it's probably like 10, 15, 10 12 miles. Wow. We'd skate to this ditch and skate it all day and then skate home. So cool. And it was like sketchy as fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was fun. That's a sick goal. Like, I'm going to. Wake up early, work as a garbage man, and skate the rest of the day. Yeah. It's great downhill there because yeah. I've seen so many of that in the skate videos, man. Yeah, yeah. It was wow, epic. Man. It's epic. I don't, I don't know. I did never work out, but, you know. And were you thinking about playing music at all at that point? You're too young. You just... I was pretty young. I mean, this is probably 15, okay. when I, 14, 15 when I f- started this, this plan. So I hadn't dropped out of school yet, but that was like my goal. Like, I'm going to, you know, quitting school wasn't really in, in the in my brain yet i had no idea it was just like i'm just getting through like i would ditch school i'd go drink with my friends in the the, you know wash we'd have like beers and shit and you know i had 
you know, I was from a double parent in or double parent household. Like, yeah, I so I had my mom and my dad, and so I I had like, you know, my my mom would keep an eye on me, and then my dad would be like the enforcer. So if I fucked up, my dad would come home, and he would just let he he was he he was awesome. I'm both my parents are rad. I love them to death. But they were like, you know, old school, like got the belt, that kind of shit. Yeah. Shit that does not happen these days. No. Um, and so I can't even think about that being a parent now. Like, oh my, you think about dude, it, I'll get in trouble. And that was so normal back then. Like, yeah, yeah, I would get spank spankings, quote unquote, all the time. Yeah, my mom, would, my mom would open hand smack me and my brothers with her hand that smelled like fucking Virginia Slims because she smoked for all day. <laughs> open hand smack. Oh yeah. man, just all that shit. But that was normal. That wasn't anyway. But God, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, I guess it's abuse, but it wasn't yeah. like something where there weren't like my my dad. I remember my dad would hit me with the belt. He would, you know, give me a spank and he'd get home from work and I'd be like so bombed. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get it. My mom would be like, you're going to get it when your dad gets home. You know, you, you, you're not, you know, you didn't go to school today or you got an F or whatever it was. And, you know, it, it was time to pay the piper. And my dad would get home and he would like, all right, let's go upstairs. And he'd take me upstairs and he would like literally bend me over his knee and he would hit me with this belt on my ass. Damn. And I would, I would, you know, scream. I'd be so. It was more of like you're hurting my, you know, my my soul, yeah, and, and my ass at the same time. But it was a bummer uh, in terms of just how it made me feel inside and out. So, yeah, man. but it also bummed my dad out. Like I would see him afterward. Like I remember later on, you know, as I paid attention, like I would see him super bummed that he he did that and that he had to do it. And that's how he grew up. I mean, his dad was really rough on him. Yeah, and uh, you know moving it you know years later it's like my dad is like a pretty gentle person you know and like it, it's weird like you just kind of he was a bit of his environment you know like that's how he was like this yeah. is how you're supposed to do it i guess like get a spanking yeah and uh my mom you know i remember i was like i think i was 12 around that age and my mom i pissed my mom off because my brothers and i would get into a fight all we'd fight all the time like my middle brother and i would always fight and uh she was pissed at me and she hit me with a fucking spoon, a wooden spoon, and it broke. And I started laughing. And then she started laughing. And that was it. That was the oh, last wow. time I ever got like a spanking or anything. Wow. But then, you know, from then on, I was like, oh, I can get away with whatever. I'm good. Yeah. And it's I, crazy how we break that cycle as parents as we are, that we don't want to, we don't want to repeat. Like, we don't want to hit our, you know, it happened to us. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just, mm -hmm. till we change it up. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's, this world is pretty fucked up. We don't need yeah. to be hitting people or kids <laughs> yeah. anymore. I mean, <laughs> yeah. life will hit you. Life will hit you. Uh, you know, enough. No, so no. I think it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, having kids now for sure is like for you and for me. I think is, it's. Uh, you kind of have a new perspective on shit. Especially how we were raised, what, the music we get into, and just everything, lyrics, just everything. Yeah. Our surroundings, you know. The mu. I mean, it's interesting because you know I remember like at fifteen listening to bands like MDC and Dead Kennedys, like more political, yeah. you know, politically driven hardcore and punk. Um, and just being like, ah, oh, man, this shit is fucked up. The world's fucked. Like, you know, my grandpa uses the N-word a lot and like says all this fucked up shit. And, oh, this is lame. Like, I get it. And like, yeah. I started rebelling pretty young against just my, my establishment, my environment. Mm -hmm. My parents were good people. You know, as good as good as, you know, sort of like uneducated middle class people were, you know, my parents didn't go to school. I don't think my dad graduated, nor, nor did my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom grew up super poor in Illinois, like, you know, a child of seven 
grew up on like a dirt floor, no fucking wow. electricity, nothing, single parent, you know, or, you know, alcoholic father. Yeah. And she had a really rough upbringing. And then my dad grew up middle class. His, his my grand, grandfather was like a machinist and they moved from Ohio to LA to San Fernando. And um, yeah, it was just like a different time. And then I yeah. got in, you know, and I could have, I think I could have easily ended up that way, you know, similar. My dad was cool. Like he wasn't, my parents were cool. They weren't like, they weren't like their generation or yeah, their yeah. parents' generation. They 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 had kind of evolved. I mean, being a product of like maybe the '60s and '70s a little bit or whatever, mm-hmm. had kind of opened their minds a little bit. But you know, I could have easily become just like a jock. I remember I remember I failed seventh grade, and I was held back, and that's where I met my skate friends. I was yeah. like a year older, and all my friends that like I should have graduated or should have moved on with all ended up becoming like crazy jocks and like assholes like terrible people i remember going to high school with them and they were just awful damn and it's all weird how it works right yeah it's just strange but yeah were your parents tripping on like the music you get into i mean obviously you're straight as they love that but like yeah i mean they were in the beginning i mean it was like i remember getting like a cassette tape it was like a compilation tape that someone dubbed me and it had like dead kennedy's too drunk to fuck on it and I would I would like go into my bedroom and listen to it <laughs> mad low, like super low volume, and like put my head against it because it was like too drunk to fuck, you know. I was like, oh my god, they're cussing! It was so gnarly. <laughs> and you know, I was before that I was into like Sabbath and Iron Maiden. I, I would spend all day trying to draw like the cover of like Number of the Beast from Iron Maiden, and my parents were like, oh my god, he's a Satanist, you know. It was like yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. when that time when it was like, oh, kids are killing you know gonna kill you because they're into like acdc yeah Yeah, 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 ozzy or whatever so (laughs) it it was like such a weird i mean i would kill for that era again like of that kind of problem of like oh you're you're gonna censor my music like now it's just like whoa like people are out of their minds (laughs) it's like whoa so um when you quit school do you uh, you start working a job or do anything like that yeah i did i worked for my dad for a minute um he had his own business and uh i worked for him and he paid me like more than he should have and i was like this is bitching like i'm stoked i'm gonna be like skating going to show i started going to shows and so, you know, I was making like 12 bucks an hour and I was like, I'm killing it right now. This is awesome. But it was like the worst work ever. Like I would. What kind of work was it? He so he had he owned an electric electric. He was a, had a partner and they owned like an electrical contracting business. OK. And, you know, they used to do all the gas stations. So like anytime Chevron built a new gas station, they would go in and do all the electrical on it. Yeah. And, you know, they called it a ground up. So they do a ground up. And um then, like in the '90s, I think they stopped building because of the air quality. Like, blah blah blah. Mm. Anyway, long story short, they went from like sort of building gas stations to like tearing them down and scrapping them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a pretty, pretty, pretty bummer for my dad. Like, he went from being like sort of like you know construction and like doing constructive things to like okay, we got to go in there and try to find all the copper we can get. You know, Dang. and it, it yeah. So I would do all that. So I would drive. He'd be like, oh, we got to. You know, there's a fucking shell station that closed down in like, you know, Death Valley. You got to drive the truck out there with your part with a partner and just rip all the shit out. That's like worth anything and put it on a trailer and bring it back to like San Fernando to the shop. Wow. Yeah. Copper's worth. Yeah, It was, co- you know, okay, copper, yeah, aluminum, yeah. like, okay. you know, the ballasts like in in, in all the, the, the light fixtures, like yeah, those yeah. were worth money because they had precious metals or something. I don't I don't even know what Jesus. the fuck was in them. Yeah. But it was a drag. It was a drag. It was yeah. hard work. And it was like really <laughs> it was like re- always like the hottest place. Like go up on the roof. It's like 110. Like you touch anything, you burn yourself, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, that, that's what I did for like a year. 
and we would do some electrical work in between like these kinds of jobs it sort of sort of shifted from like doing like electrical contracting work to like scrapping like it yeah, so yeah, yeah. slowly you know evolved into that just be by default because they lost all their contracts and stuff anyway so yeah i worked doing that and then i got into um there was a store in the mall where we lived uh, a city over it's called jmr chalk garden it was like a fashion store they sold like diesel and Betsy Johnson and fucked and Fox, fresh yeah. jive and stuff like that. And so I got nice. a, I got a job there and I thought it was so cool. I would like play, <laughs> I would play like integrity on like full volume in the store, like super loud. And I wore X's to work and, wow. and, and people were like, what the fuck? Is this so weird? And I met a lot of my That's friends amazing. that way. They came in and they'd be like, Oh dude, you're listening to some cool shit. Like, you know, agnostic front playing or whatever. <laughs> and they'd be like, Holy fuck, this is cool. Like, and I'd be like, yeah, buy a fucking shirt, bro. Like, you know, it was like, it was <laughs> such a weird existence but um <laughs> so that it, that got me into like retail and fashion and that kind of shit yeah, and so yeah, yeah. i kind of i worked went from there and i worked for diesel after that the company and then i quit that and then i moved to you know new york i mean you know you went to new york i moved to new york for like a summer i it's for a fashion lo- yeah i went i was gonna work for diesel out there no i was working for diesel in, in la at the showroom i met what year is this? It's like 97, 96. Diesel was the shit back it was, then. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I, I knew the rep and he was mad cool. And it just, he, it was like cool to see a rad product that he was super down for. You know, in hindsight, it's just like jeans and whatever, but it doesn't yeah. matter. But when I was younger, I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like the history of it and denim mm-hmm. and like, you know, the Americana factor and like 501s and the whole history of is stuff. Is Diesel still around? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I think they know. kind of like made a little bit of a comeback. You know, I, I, maybe it's changed hands. I don't know. Yeah. Like everything's owned by some big company now. You know? Yeah. So you got really into the fashion shit. I got into that and then kind of worked in that industry for a while. And it was, you know, it was what it was. Yeah. Working in LA, just at like these sort of higher end fashion stores, like helping fashion people <laughs> <laughs> but still into music and, and playing shows and stuff so it was cool i think you I could think, do both balance it all right yeah i think that's like why it worked so well too but it was like kind of a it was like a weird two you know two ends of the spectrum you know it was like one was like i was selling you know 500 hundred dollar pants to like pharrell and then <laughs> the other one was like i was playing a basement in like you know in jersey that's yeah so fucking crazy man so it was a weird dichotomy and I don't know. One side not fashion at all, really. And then the other yeah. side, yeah, dude. Like, but in hindsight, both very fashionable. Like, hardcore is very fashionable. Isn't so. it crazy, though? Because yeah, yeah. we would talk about that, that it's not, but like, just the look, just even just camouflage. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. everything. It's it's like, I got to try really hard to like look like I'm not trying hard. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. So, so Whatever you, works. Were you in any bands before Strife? I was in a, my first band, real band, was called The Monster Club. And we were like a misfits kind of oh, okay. like knockoff. And it was with the dudes from that band Still Life. They ended okay. up when I, I left to start Strife, which was first called Stand as One. That was the name. It was like I met I met Andrew and Sid at shows. And uh Sid I called Sid. I was like, Oh, he's straight edge, I wanna do a straight edge band. So I was like, Oh, I called Sid, he plays drums and we'll we'll do a straight edge band. And so we did it with this uh, so so monster club was the first sort of band that we did it was kind of like yeah like a like kind of punk you know yeah sort of misfits you know inspired and um i quit that to do stand as one and those guys turned you know changed their whole vibe and became stand as or still still life which you know is like a pretty 
I think a pretty amazing, you know, band still to this day. I love them and uh, highly influential in sort of the 90s and all that shit and like emo and yeah, sort yeah. Of all that thing. And um, yeah, so then I, I met Sid and Andrew and I was like, oh, let's do a band, Sid. And he was like, sure, you know, let's do it. And then we, we had a dude who was like the stoner kid who played guitar. And then this younger kid named Scotty Collin, who was like a little straight edge kid that and that's how the band started. And uh, we were called Stand as One. And, uh, you know, the guitar player was cool, cool dude, homie, all that shit, but he wasn't straight edge. So I was like, <laughs> sorry, bro. He got, you know, so <laughs> he wasn't down to even try to be straight. edge. No, fuck no. no, dude. He was committed to his life, his lifestyle. Um, and, you know, it was cool. We were, we were friends and it, it was a mutually, you know, amicable sort of like split. And um, then Andrew started playing guitar and Andrew didn't really know how to play guitar. He was like a 15 year old kid or 14 or something. Damn. When he and he had a BC Rich, like, I don't remember what the model is called, but it was like this, like, metal fucking crazy <laughs> metal looking guitar. And, like, that's all he had. In the... Oh, man, it was a rocky start for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's still rocky. <laughs> We're still here, though. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, but did you guys start to start playing shows without any music out, too? Just trying to get your name yeah, out there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like anybody, I think we just were psyched yeah. on the music. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in our area, it wasn't like Orange County or like New York or like, you know, the East Coast. The East Coast was like the Mecca, right? Like, yeah. you know, um, it was a place that we were all aspired to like go to and all of, all the music we really loved came from there. Um, yeah. You know, and there were some bands on the West Coast that we really dug too, but like influential, the influence really came from a lot of the New York bands. Or, For Strife? Or, yeah, yeah, like yeah. East Coast bands anyway. And, was uh, Earth Crisis around then too? They started around the same time we did. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, w- you know, we knew at the time, we knew it was like right in, right in front of us. So we, it was like a lot of Orange County bands, like Outspoken was a big band yep. that we'd go see. Undertow from Seattle was a band that we'd play with. And um, bands like that. So um, those are the shows Inside Out. Um, you know, and then like Judge would come through and like Killing Time and Sick of It All and stuff. And so those, we'd go see those shows and they were super small, you know, like a little Spanky's Cafe or whatever in Riverside. Yeah. And it was rad. I mean, I'm, you may have been on tour with some of those bands. You probably Sick of It All t- for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah at yeah. the time. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was cool. Like, and, you know, we'd drive three, four hours to go to a show and it would, we'd drive out in, in like car loads. Like we'd, you know, we had a crew. It's cool. So, you know where we lived which is the Conejo Valley basically is what you call it it's like Moore Park Thousand Oaks West Lake Agura um Newberry Park there were like straight edge kids all in the in that area and like hardcore kids in general but we were like super tight and yeah and we would just mob out to like everywhere we'd go so we'd come like we'd come with it like a lot of energy kids were super psyched and we would just get down yeah. but it was like positive you know we were yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. were like we weren't there to fuck shit up it wasn't like a crew like you know yeah, the yeah, 90s yeah. got and um but as a band like we were just playing and we would like play in our friends like living room and practice like after school like i would ditch my school and i would go to like west like high school and hang out with sid in like his english class <laughs> and his teacher would be like what are you doing here and i'm like uh, i just came to hang out with sid and he's like well at least you're in school you can hang out so i would hang out there in classroom yeah and hang out with sid in his class and i would ditch my <laughs> school but anyway like so we would play you know and just jam and have fun and it was like you know, just fucking fun. And just, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just yeah. for fun. And then, you know, we played our first show, Stan is One, or our second show. It was like at the Red Barn in, in Chula, or in uh, Isla Vista, which is where like Kent McClard and Ebolition Records, he would do all the shows there for the most part. And they'd have a lot of good shows there. 
And I think we played with like, I can't remember what the show was. I think Undertow played and could have been Reason to Believe or Downcast or something. I can't remember. Andrew would I mean, Downcast, well, yeah. Yeah, they were sick. They were so sick. Um, and um, we played so terribly. Like the, <laughs> Andrew had bought a Les Paul, a guitar, um, and it was like, it was like fucked up. It was like all glued together. The neck. I don't know. He was on this podcast. He may have talked about this, but um, um, anyway, he, every time you hit a note, it would just go super out of tune. And so our whole show was just a disaster. Damn. So after that, we realized like, oh, it wasn't our fault. It was the guitar's fault. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we changed the name. And Andrew, I think Andrew and Sid, or I think Andrew came up with the name Strife. So that's oh, what, really? So we changed it like that day, like after the show, we're like, fuck, this, this, we cannot go on as this band. We will never, never go anywhere. Because of the sound? Like you thought we, we changed are, the name with sound different? Like, yeah. No, I mean, we just w- changed the name, <laughs> changed the guitar. <laughs> fuck it. So that's like, I mean, the first record is 94, so that must have been, like, what, 92 or 93 or no? Yeah, 90, yeah. 91 is when we started playing, like, seriously. Damn, okay. um, and, you know, we did all our own shirts and graphics and all that stuff. And on, like, you know, cool. our, on Sid's computer, his dad had a computer, and we would sit there and do, like, Corel Draw and, like, bad, you know, art, <laughs> bad art. Um, yeah, it, cool. it was sick. It was cool. Yeah, it, I think we played, yeah, you guys played shows in 91. Wow. Yeah, I don't think we were playing. I think our first show, our first show was probably ninety two or ninety three, and it was like probably the one in Red Barn at the Red Barn is stand as one, and then at Strife we played, we did a show in our in Moore Park actually at the Moore Park Community Center. There was like a like a you know community pool and Stacy Gucci, you know Stacy, yes, Stacy, yeah, her her and her brothers and her mom they they lived in this house in this place called Peach Hills, like a community, a little a little like uh, housing community, and they had a they had a um a community center with a pool and like a little you know rec room, and so we threw a show in there. It was like I think it was Outspoken, Chain of Strength, us. And I think Mean Season, Damn. or no, they were called. Oh fuck! What was the name of Mean Season before Mean Season? Oh man, I, I'm gonna get shit for this. <laughs> That's from okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they opened, and and yeah, it was it was fucking rad. It was so fun, and like we couldn't believe that Chance Strength showed up. We're like, oh my god, this is amazing! They're in our city. <laughs> this is crazy. Like we thought it was so cool, and um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Every, everybody was like welcoming when you guys first started like all like the no men. no not welcoming at all no we were well, li- from more we were from 805 yeah. like you ah. had to be 714 it was super Ooh, clicky okay super clicky like you're where what's your area like literally we would Damn. get like what's your area code or what's your phone number and we'd be like 805 and be like oh uh, okay i guess it's like queens brooklyn bronx manhattan yeah yeah it I was mean, different yeah i don't know how it was on the east coast but like yeah if if you weren't from like huntington beach or like that 714 i mean it's a big big place but you know that's where all the bands were from that's where it all started and that's where the concentration of the music was like in yeah. terms of venues and just overall so you had like, to prove yourself you had to prove yourself and it was like you know i mean in hindsight i mean you know a lot of people got hit up for to play like let me put my band on there here's my demo and it was like garbage you know our yeah. demo, our first demo wasn't very good it was recorded shitty and it was whatever it was a, a good effort on our part but it wasn't very good you yeah. know like i don't know if it ever got good uh but you know we we tried and you know the thing i think worked for us is that we just had a lot of heart and we just played our you know we fucking went off it was it was fun we had a good time yeah and it was very like all of our homies we had like a great scene like so it'd be 
15, 20 of our friends up front stage diving Sick. and singing along. And it was like the kids, you know, in, in Orange County were like, what the hell is this shit? Like, because they would come guys? with you when you play, right? Yeah, you they went They guys. went with everything. I mean, we, we, we yeah. did a road trip out to like Madison, Wisconsin, and it was like five car loads of kids yeah. driving, driving out there, you know, like piled in like the back of trucks, like, you know, open, like with a sleeping bag on and shit, like. It was punk. Yeah. It was super cool. That's kind of the stories I hear back in the day with like people rolling up with Minor Threat to New York or New York cats going to D.C. Mm-hmm. and having a different style of dancing but bringing their friends with them. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Like, it was cool. It was like, you know, we had the circle pit out here and, and back oh, yeah. east was totally different. You know, it was yeah. like, a, like the, I don't know, the mosh picking grapes or whatever you want. Windmills, all that stuff. Windmills, yeah. yeah. But this is even pre-windmill. Like, <laughs> like, I remember, I think it was, it was like Burn or somebody. Ooh. I saw a Burn video. And it was like Chaka was an amazing dancer. Yeah, amazing too. dancer. Like yeah, and I was like, Holy shit, what is this? Like I could not believe yeah, the like style. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was ill. It was like super cool. I really dug it. I mean, and it, it had a huge influence on us. Like we'd see these VHS videos of like that shit going down, like the anthrax or whatever. Like I'd never been there, you know, never been to CBs, obviously, when yeah. I was a kid. And so you'd see these like videos and like I remember a couple kids came out from the East Coast. And we're, they came to like some California shows, like maybe it was Inside Out or something, and and it was like they were dancing that style, and 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 we didn't know what to do, like we didn't know what to do with it. It was like you either stage dived or you like circle pitted, but you didn't do this like side to side shit with nah. like this weird like very. It was like almost like a spirit, like you just said, yeah. like almost like a spiritual dance, like yeah. like you know maybe Krishna influenced, maybe yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Gingy up, Gingy from Absolution. Yeah, that style. yeah, he's a sick motherfucker. Wow, what a great frontman. So like him and Chaka, that same. They had this kind of like. Yeah, it was groovy. It was a groove. It was like it was. It had a it had a vibe to it, and like yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't like um, it was aggressive because it was like you know if they're. If you're in the way, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. But but it wasn't trying to hurt. It nobody. wasn't like jockey. It wasn't, you know, it had like this weird like emo vibe. It, that's it what did, it looked man. to me. I was like, oh, my God, it's like super aggressive, but it's like a style. Like, I don't totally. know. It was it was it wasn't cool. like later on when people would actually just start windmilling and punching people. That, that got really crazy. And yeah, like, it just became like 90s. calisthenics. Like it, it was different. Like and I remember we we would try. I started dancing, kind of trying to dance that way. And just, you know, <laughs> as best as like a suburban you know kid <laughs> from California could do. And, um, you know, it was it was funny, like our attempts. But um, yeah, West Coast version of the East Coast dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was. It, I think that's what we really. I think it was like us and like the Midwest that just took the East Coast vibe and just destroyed it, like ruined <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's just stand in one place and just swing our fists and act like a a meathead. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> Do you remember your first time playing New York and, and seeing that? And uh, we that, played that. on the East Coast in '93. It was in Syracuse. We played Syracuse. Oh, that was, a, that was Cambridge. Pumping. Yeah, Cambridge, Massachusetts, like Harvard Square or some shit. Lost Horizon, maybe in Syracuse. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was Lost Horizon. And then we also played at uh, Rutgers College or Rutgers College or Rutgers, no, Middle, yeah. Middle, Middlesex County Middlesex County, County College in Jersey. Oh yeah, Middlesex Middlesex County Youth Crew. There was like a crew back then. Yeah, too. it was like Mouthpiece. I think Endpoint played. Oh, yeah. I, um, it was a huge. It was a big Ensign show. Probably back then. Probably Ensign. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember if they played for sure. I think it was like kind of a new age, like new age bands played. So, um, but it was sick. It was really fun, and it was like we felt like we'd arrived. You know, it was like it was pretty cool because the reception for us. We didn't headline or anything. I don't think. I think we played second to last, maybe yeah. or something. Um, and 
people were stoked. Yeah. You know, it was cool because, like, again, back in the day, it was like you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have Instagram, no, you didn't have man. any things. So it was like you'd hear about bands and you would see a magazine, like a, you'd read an interview or whatever yeah. in a zine. And maybe you'd get a VHS tape of it. Like, I remember, like, the Anthrax tapes were going around. Like, it was, like, Youth of Today and Judge. Oh, yeah. Side-by-side videos and stuff Real like that. Biscuits at Anthrax. It was, like, the best, it was, like, the, I mean, truly, like, the best era and best best shit ever. I mean, I think still to this day in, in terms of music and, and influence on, on us, on, on me as a person. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, th- you'd finally see these bands and be like, fuck, it's crazy. You know, like, you know, whatever. Anyway, so that, I think it was like the same for them. I think there was like a curiosity about these like West coast bands. Yeah. The word was traveling and spreading about, right. Like, Oh, strife is like this band that like goes off and they're super dedicated yada, yada. And, and so it was like, you know, their new age band and new age records was kind of a cool thing at the time there. Mike was doing really cool shit. And it was like a new era, you know, like after the eighties bands, sort of eighties and end of the eighties bands, a lot of bands broke up. So we were like, okay, well we're going to do our own band. And that's kind of like how it started. And then, you know, we had the judge record came out and we were like, oh, this is fucking heavy as shit. So we're going to just copy a lot of judge riffs. And, (laughs) and so we just did that. Car earth crisis called, um, Bringing it down the straight edge age of quarrel, which is pretty yeah. fucking cool. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's I would agree with that. I would say yeah, for sure. It's so fucking. I mean, not to fast forward, but I, I don't know what record it was on, but I remember seeing Strife opening for Sick of It All at Irving Plaza in New York. Mm. I, I almost have goosebumps telling. I was watching from the balcony, and it was insane. I didn't want to. It was fucking. Because you're, it was, yeah, it was incredible, dude. I mean, you know. I don't know if you remember that show. I, I, I mean, I remember. I mean, I remember playing with Sick of It All. I remember dude. touring with them in, Euro- in Europe. I mean, that band has, you know, I mean, goes without saying, I guess, but for anybody, it, it's just, I, and I want to officially say, like, they, they are, like, the shit and, like, yeah. have, have just done it and they're awesome. Still doing it, yeah. Still doing it and, like, so awesome and humble and, like, helpful. Like, I remember hanging out, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. It's like a whole thing on on its on an, in and of itself. Um, our our European tour with them, but yeah, what year was that? It was '95. Oh damn! It was Perfect. the first time Ooh. we went over there. They were big, but Dude. not like festival big. I mean, we played some festivals because of them. I think was that Scratch the Surface era, or yeah, it was like yeah. it was right as Scratch the Surface came out. I think it was that. Yeah, it was. So they were they were like riding it, and they're they're kicking, they're killing it. Like they're so good. Yeah. And they brought us, and I remember that it, <laughs> we flew into Berl- Munich, and it was our first show. And I remember we showed up, and we're, it was cold. You know, it was like winter time. Oh yeah. And we showed up to the venue, and the venue, like the, you could smoke in indoors, and it was like fucking. You couldn't even see the crowd. It was Worse. so filled with smoke. I mean, so, you, I yeah. hate that shit, dude. And we were like, "What the fuck?" It's hard is to breathe. Yeah, I, I was dying, dude. We were like, "Well, this is gonna fucking kill us. This is crazy." <laughs> And so we played the show, and then we, it was, Mike Hartsville was playing bass for us. It was Sid on drums, Andrew on guitar, and myself, and Todd was on Todd on that show. Todd, I can't remember now. Oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. It's okay. Anyway, we we were. Was it your first time in Europe? It was our first time in Europe, oh, and it, we, we had to drive from Munich to Berlin, and we had a Class A motorhome. It was like the kind with like the bed over the cab. Yeah. And our driver was this new cat and he was driving for MAD, which was the promoter. And um, he fell asleep and wrecked the flip, flip the, the motor. First mo- couple fl- days on tour. First, first night. Oh my God. And so 
Hartsfield and I rode on the sick of it all bus because I like to play chess and Armand liked to play chess. So okay. we talked that we kind of connected off the okay. bat. And I remember that he was like, oh, just stay on the bus so we could play chess. And uh, and and so we stayed on the bus with them and we took, you know, the bu- buses, you know, the nightliners or whatever t- take a lot longer because they can only dr- drive a certain amount. Of- yeah, they take breaks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they can only drive like 60 km or something, which is like super slow or 80 km. Anyway, so. Um, we, you know, we were taking a while to get there and, and we got to Berlin and it was early in the morning and, um, couldn't figure out why the, the rest of the guys haven't shown up strife guys and come to find out the dude fell asleep in the middle of the night on the Autobahn, rolled the fucking motor home. Yeah. Everybody's in their underwear. And it, like, it, you know, we saw pictures like Andrew took pictures and shit afterward and we saw pictures and it was like the whole thing was destroyed. No one got hurt. Todd, Todd was there cause he got a cut on his finger Okay, and everybody, yeah, and lucky, like, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, insane. Like, so they're, they're climbing out of the wreckage in the middle of the Autobahn and you know, somewhere in bumfuck Germany, it's like 12 degrees outside. They're in their undies and socks Damn, and they, they're like, we smell pro they smelled propane or something. And so they jump out of the fucking thing and get out. And then they're sitting on the side of the road. I don't even know how they end up getting, cause there's no cell phones or no. nothing in the middle of nowhere. So I think a car drove by and like got them, you know, got them sorted and they end up getting to fucking getting to Berlin and they're like, we're going home. That's it. And oh, anyway, shit. so, and sick of it all is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get, I get it, you know, but you guys should stay on the, on the tour. So we ended up getting a new driver, obviously, and, and and we ended up doing the rest of the tour with them, and it was sick. Wow, super sick. Man. Yeah, imagine like, your first time in Europe and the first night in the. That was our only knock on wood, only like serious accident we've ever been in. Well, well the, wow, the band anyway. It must have been. So did you guys continue playing the next day? Like this went. Yeah, yeah. We I don't remember. We played Berlin maybe the next night, and we just kept jamming. How long was that tour? For like six weeks or something. Five crazy. weeks, I think. Five or six weeks. Yeah, okay. and then we ended in in we did. We did Sweden and like sort of Scandinavia on our own after they were done. We went up and played with like Refused and Abananda and Donuts and all that like victory bands. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy about like a five week tour, man? It's Bro, crazy. I can't <laughs> even think about that right now. I, know, I mean, as much as I want like a tour, two, yeah. it's been like two, two, almost three years since I've been to Europe and we're going in the fall, hopefully. Yeah. But dude, that's like five weeks is crazy, man. It is. When you, when you have no kids and you maybe have a girlfriend that's different, but when you have like. But it's t- it's tough because like your mental is different. Like I mean, Even I was when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was weird. I I've always had a a love hate relationship with tour because it, I'm sure. I mean, I think as a front man, like I my I'll lo- I'll lose my voice in like the first couple shows, and I just I'm like a such a bummer. You like, stress it's, about it's it. Like, you worry about oh, your my, voice. I, I will worry for weeks before we go on Did tour. You do warm ups and shit. I never used to. Dude. And I do now. Oh, lifesaver. Lifesaver, but you know. For example, like you know, we just did these shows back east with Earth Crisis, Snapcase. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. It, it yeah. was it was sick. It was a yeah. lot of fun. And like you know, I hadn't done anything for like two years because the pandemic and, yeah. and whatever. And so I'm like, I was stressing the whole time. I'm like, I can do one or two shows for sure, but the third show is just gonna suck balls. Like I'm gonna be so it's terrible. It's a lot of mental too, man. It is. It, you put it, is, it on yourself hard, man. And I did my warm ups and shit. And like the first show was like, okay, this is cool. I, I did okay. I was like, all right, I can pull this off. Andrew's like, just don't go that hard. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You can't, nah, you can't, can't, can't like, hold on, let me just dial it down a little <laughs> bit. It's like yeah, I can't do that. You so, can't do it, dude. Um. So anyway, it ended up it ended up working out okay, and I, I didn't fall apart. But how many shows was it? It was just three. But that those are the crucial. It's always the third or fourth show where I'm just and like I sound like a 14 year old girl going through puberty. I'm like, oh, 
Like I well, can't. You know what's weird? Like on tour, like you could your voice could be hoarse when you talk, but then when you sing, it's different. It's yeah. So weird. Yeah. I try not to talk. If that happens to me on tour, I won't talk the whole day. I will have a notepad. Um, cause, yeah, cause this singing coach, Melissa Cross, screaming yeah, in Zen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she changed my life in like 2001. I started going, first time I went to her. Yeah. And I, I would just not speak, you know? Yeah. And then what I've been doing for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, which I don't recommend, but I stole it from Dave Grohl, who he chews bazooka gum on stage mm -hmm. for his throat. It's different. It's different if you run around on stage with gum. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always I choked on it <laughs> at our Boston show. Lynn in this kid's beard, the perfect beard in the front. My gum was stuck in his beard the whole night. That's amazing. How stoked is he though? He's <laughs> probably so, he's was, probably it was, saved it. it was so <laughs> he probably fun. still it, has it on his mantle. He was he was so fucking nice. If you're listening, I love. You. He was so cool about it. That's right. But it helps for me mentally. I'm thinking it keeps my shit lubricated. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the tea and the honey and all that. I don't know what the reality of that stuff is. Psychological. But, but rest is like the most important thing. And, and on tour, it's like super hard to get your proper sleep. Unless you're in a bus and you have like consecutive shows, you could sleep in. Sound. That's what I love about going to Europe in the bus. And, yeah, yeah. Europe but, treats you right. But like sometimes it, it seems like two or three shows in the, in a row would fuck me up more than 12 shows in a row. I don't know why. Like, yeah. Because you, you get used to it. You start warming up and getting used to it. I know? mean, like, like anything, it's like a muscle. So, I mean, for me anyway, like it, I would do the first two shows, they'd be okay. Third show would start to suck. Fourth show would be terrible. Fifth show, I could, I would barely be able to do anything. Like you couldn't, you know. I remember some, some shows, and you know, for our band, it's like my one job yes. is to be pissed and to be angry <laughs> and loud and like yell. And if you can't do that, you're just like, why am I here? Like I'm worthless. Do you, yeah. I get really bummed. Do you still feel angry and pissed at this age? Yeah, I'm. I'm all. I mean, I'm just a. I, I'm a. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty negative optimist. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess, I don't know how you say it. Like, I'm a pessimistic. You a know? realist? Or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, a realist. I don't know. It's like, I, I definitely, I find myself, you know, as I get older to spend a lot more time with just myself and my fam, my, my, my kids and my mom, totally. my wife, um, because, you know, it's imperfect, but yeah. it's, it's what I know and it's like what I can rely on the, imp the imperfection of it or the, or the, the sort of like roller coaster of it is yeah. something i can deal with fine like i can be like oh my kid shit her pants and like i gotta go deal with it and you know or my wife and i are arguing and we're getting into a fight and like we're definitely getting divorced fuck you and then the next morning we're like okay cool like you know i'm sorry we're sorry you know it's like yeah, that yeah, that yeah. is manageable but like there's a lot of shit that just seems so out of control now in the world yes and i get it it's like shit is 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 super concerning and i think as you get older and like i get disconnected from society i get more and more sort of paranoid and i i see like where all these like I, you know i'm not into this stuff and i think because i grew up in the hardcore scene and punk scene like i i have like a, a great sort of like it's almost like a coat of armor to, to like conspiracy theories yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that like yeah i'm not really i don't really fall victim that easily to that kind of stuff like i'll hear a, a wild tale of like Biden is a freaking alien and yada da 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 and like he's actually you know from outer space and blah blah blah. Democrats reading children. All kinds yeah, of yeah. Stuff. I'll hear shit like that. I'll just be like, wah, like it just it's sort of laughable, you know. And like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is it it could it be true? Sure. Is it tr probably true? Probably not. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like where do you get your 
your information from your home your your friend like the your, internet oh, the man, internet no, like I'm... fuck no like you yeah. know what i mean you you think you're getting like real information on the internet like forget it like i mean at least that's how i see it no it's true though you know my mom's like oh i'm not gonna get covid because my friend who i do ukulele class with says that if you have typo blood that you're not gonna get it i'm like that's probably as reliable as any fucking internet you when know it what first I mean? came out they were saying people heavily tattoo wouldn't get it Really, really. I've done that shit twice. I'm so, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, saying, I don't know. I haven't heard that one. That's a good. There one. was so much shit, but it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying, though. It's yeah. hard to like. It's hard to sit to sort of sift through it all. I think when we were kids, we were. I was very focused on like what I was just very, and I think that's probably trans translated into my adulthood life. But I was very focused on sort of one or two things, like shows and learning about bands and you know playing shows and anything related with music and hardcore and like the, yeah. com the community of it but i still didn't feel it's interesting like i've always felt like an outsider and no matter what i was doing um because you know like for example in in a hardcore band you know in the 90s you know earth crisis came out and they sort of changed the game it was vegan yes. it was like you know kill your grandparents if you have to if they smoke you got to do it it got real intense it got really intense and like I didn't, I was like, dude, Militant. but like my friends are, uh, my friends smoke weed and they're fucking sick and I'm not going to hate them. Like I can't. And yeah. I'm, I'm imperfect. Like I am a fucked up individual. Yeah. Same. Just because I'm not doing this, that or the other does not mean I'm going to like, so we would play shows 100%. and we wouldn't be militant enough. And then we'd play shows with bands like, you know, you know, still life, for example, is an example that were super, you know, sort of like emo and DIY and almost like a self-loathing sort of like you know do not shine do not make yourself bigger than than what you are you're doing this to spread a message only blah 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 like yeah. bands like chokehold for example like if you want if it's relatable so we were considered rock stars by those bands like what do you mean you're charging you know eight bucks for a show like what that's crazy you're not playing for free you didn't drive like four thousand miles you know three thousand miles to this basement and, and play you're getting for free paid for the show yeah yeah you're getting paid what the fuck and yeah, like so yeah. you know we couldn't i felt like we could never win and i always felt like very always at and, and i think as a front man and maybe you can relate to this too like you sort of get the brunt of like the Every, animosity everything dude you know you get the love for sure you get people like oh my god it's so cool like uh, thank you for being here but you also get like everything, you dude. piece of shit like you're lame yeah, totally. so it was like i was like always like it was like a you know a bipolar experience for me like i feel the like there's time. so there was so many rules back then it seemed more in the scene where you couldn't couldn't do or play with or just yeah. like or yeah, yeah. Like, really this is supposed to be like this open-minded community that like, accepts all of us weirdos together. Right, right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like for us, like in, in the 80s when I got into it, it was like that for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm like you relate to these people. Like Kevin Second was like a father figure to me. Yeah. All of his lyrics, you know, mm -hmm. Makai, you know, Milo, just everything. You look up to these dudes. But that was a different generation as well. But Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think like anything, something cool, people grab a hold of it and they sort of put it on steroids a lot of times, you know, like, yeah. so you, in the eighties you had like, it was diverse as diverse as it could be. Punk skins, everybody Punk, together. Everybody together. It was like, it was volatile. I mean, you know, it was scarier. Like it was like, Oh shit. Like, you know, you're going to go to a show at like Fender's ballroom and it's going to be like suey kids and, and you know, from Venice. And then it was going to be like skinhead dudes and it was going to be like metal kids and like whatever. Cause it was a huge show. Yeah. And so it was, 
pretty scary for like young kids. I mean, we'd, we'd go to these some of these shows and we'd be like freaked out. Like I would never go on the pit. Like fuck that shit. But there's something almost cool about that too, right? Being somewhere that wasn't kind of it schooled you. Safe. It schooled you. Yeah. It gave you respect. Yeah. That that's for me. Like I remember growing up and being like an observer, and I I know like a lot of people that I talk to now, like younger kids, they do their homework on the computer. They learn the craft of like being a hardcore kid or a rapper or a photographer yeah. or the whatever style, it might be. What to wear, you get it that. down. Like I got the gear, I've got the right vintage camera, sure. I've got this, that, and the other. And then they just show up like, okay, where's my success? Like I'm ready to do this. And I think the one thing that hardcore taught me was like, you got to pump the brakes and you got to really get your fucking feet wet, you know, your hands dirty and you got to yeah. get you got to get beat up a little bit. You got to learn the ropes. Pay your dues. Pay your dues a little bit. And like I think, you know, m- maybe again I'm just disconnected or not as connected as I was like I was back then, but you know, I feel like there's a sense of like entitlement now, like, oh, I have an Instagram page or a yeah. freaking blog, you know, whatever it was a blog or something back in the day. Um, you know, a few years ago and you know, it's always this, this sort of like, Oh, I'm just going to hop in and just do it. And it's, I'm going to be su- successful. And I, I think it maybe works Without for some hard. people. It yeah, it, was, some, yeah. It, it does work for some because they, they put a, you know, they're, they're good at like sort of like doing the thing that they need to do. YouTubers and all that stuff. It's a different world. Man. It's crazy. Like, you know, I, I always think about like, you know, I have, um, listened to some stories about YouTubers and the, the sort of like downward spiral and the depression and all that oh, shit wow. that happens. And, you know, it's it seems nuts. Like, I don't know how to operate in today's, like, sort of social media world. Like, I mean, I'm a photographer. That's what I do for a living now. And it's like, I'm probably the worst, you know, self-promoter ever. You know, <laughs> and, like, people are like, oh, you got to promote yourself. And I'm like, but I, I don't come from that world of like, hey, I'm look at my thing. Look what I do. It's I like you you got noticed by doing it. Like, that. that's the thing. Like, I think that's what worked for Strife, too, is, like, people were like, what is this fucking shit? You know what I yeah. mean? Strife. And then we'd play, and they'd be like, oh, all right, well, yeah, you're you're going off, and you're doing, the, you're doing it, and you can tell that it was, like, heartfelt, you know? Yeah. And it may not be the best, but it was like we did our best doing it. So mm-hmm. I think that translated to, like, okay, cool. Yeah. Did you Did you not like just being, playing with only straight-edge bands? I didn't like, I mean, we, we didn't like it. We didn't grow up on that kind of, those kinds of shows. Yeah. But you almost got pushed into that world, right? In yeah. Sense. I mean, I think, you know, the nineties, certainly with victory and like oh, so, yeah. so had, having like victory, the roster was like the band, you know, it was like Snapcase, Earth Crisis, Integrity, Us. Hate Breed. Hate Breed. You know, there, it was like, it was easy to package. It was easy yeah. to sell to a promoter. It was it's like a great you, package. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so it was like, you end up sort of doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but we'd play with, you know, we played with like the Aquabats and voodoo glow skulls and like, you know, we'd play some weird shit and like, it wouldn't always go well. <laughs> you, <laughs> people are like, what the fuck? But yeah. again, it, it also, you know, it reminds me like we toured with Sepultura one time, you know, in, in Europe during the roots tour, like their sort of last tour that they did as a as a as as the you know original lineup yeah and uh we had to open for them it was fucking hard i bet man because you're before the curtain opens they're yelling sepultura and you yeah. walk out and they're just like fuck you get <laughs> off like you've got 10 minutes to do your shit and get the fuck out of here Damn. and we played so hard and by the end of our set 
you you'd, you'd have a good number of people in the, in the venue like oh cool this is rad you know yeah, and yeah. like they'd be stoked and and it was I it, love that shit the challenge like yeah, yeah that, the that's the best crowd. that's yeah. the best it's it's for me it's way more fun and way more scary to play for five people than to play for five thousand it's way more intimidating to yeah. play for like you know people in in like a, a kitchen like we've played we've played in like literally like kitchen sized places you know what I mean or or basements or whatever. Yeah. And it's way more intimate and scary and like people's eyes are on you and it's not, you know, you have a much more critical, you know, eye on you and it's way more nerve wracking. And I'm always like, and the lights are probably on too. <laughs> yeah. The lights are on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like terrible. Like it's just, there's, it's not, it sounds shitty, you know, it's like, whatever. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm always like super nervous. I don't know. Do you get nervous before? Still shows? get nervous. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I, I get terribly nervous. I the bathroom nerv- right before all the time. Oh dude, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I get terribly <laughs> nervous. I'm like, is it going to work tonight? I don't even know. Like, yeah, and it's you, been that you, way since the beginning. It's a weird thing because you know that you're like, you know that people are there to see you and they know they fuck with your band. They know they like your music. But still, it's like, it's not, I don't know if it's insecure. I don't know what it is as being like a singer or a frontman. It's just, I don't know. It's like, and even if it was the greatest show, you could be like, oh man, I think it was so good. The crowd was so good, but you're like, I don't know. We weren't so good. Like, yeah, like I so fucked up on this stuff, song. Like, uh, but nobody yeah, heard it. Yeah, no one cares. Or maybe you or maybe somebody in the band, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. But the band, I mean, my band doesn't care. Like, we're, you know, they're all, we're all like, we just, bust each other's balls like regardless like we're, we're still like 15 years old like with each other which Same. is which is rad yeah you have fun don't take yourself so seriously and yeah you fuck up you fuck up like who cares i know have a good like first and foremost the best thing about hardcore for me is like having fun yeah and 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 as soon as it became like that that's kind of what was a drag at the very end because you know when we broke we sort of broke up in 98 and it was it became a job kind of you know what mm. i mean like it was like were you guys doing it full time no. we were doing it full time i mean i think i would work retail like we tour like 10 months out of the year or something ridiculous you know like or eight months out of the year so yeah. there would be oh, yeah. you'd get like three weeks at home and then you'd be back on the road or whatever so i think it's i'd work early, work work retail during that time but it was like you know we still didn't make a living doing it i still live with friends and shit because you couldn't make a living in the 90s sure, as a hardcore yeah, yeah, yeah as a hardcore band like you couldn't do it like the the hardcore police would just fucking destroy you like you, you wouldn't be able to make it like they would we played in jersey one time and you can't these, do what you love man you can't, yeah, 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 you yeah, can't yeah. yeah you can't make do any money from it no 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 no. you can't but i can i can talk to a lot of shit and become like a fucking lawyer and 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 then you know whatever this is so crazy yeah, man. yeah. It, it is what it is and yeah. then if you sell out you just do like just the labels you're on it's all they really cared about that back then yeah yeah i mean i I get it though because you know also people bummed you guys around victory yeah Damn. like we would get we played a show I think it was in Connecticut or Jersey one time again Andrew would know all this this information he's like a wolf, dude he's a, fucking he, he's like a sharp a hardcore like, story he knows oh, all the shit he yeah. knows everything it's like I don't he's like oh I was wearing like yellow laces in one shoe dude. on that show in 94 it was like December 7th and it was he's insane <laughs> um, I, I I am envious of his memory or also probably stoked that i have not a great memory but <laughs> um yeah we we played a show one time and these kids like made these shirts like you know sell out to the bank or something it was like strong oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he's probably talking about has one he says he probably has one yeah yeah it's so it's so sick and i was like you spent your own money or whatever even if you did it for free or whatever you still spent money it's effort and money was made to make these fucking shirts and it, it's just so funny that it, it, we were just like and it you know, you you see it and you feel, you know you're like, but I'm not that guy. Like I'm not that person. We're not that band. And it feel, yeah. it felt so terrible and so personal for like people to talk shit. And it's like, you know, but at the same time, and you know, it just by the end of the '90s, close to the end of the '90s, you know, late '90s for me, like I was just like, man, this is a drag. 
You weren't into it no more. Yeah, your yeah. heart wasn't in it. It just it didn't feel right. Like I felt like it was like, who am I playing for? Like, what is this? What is going on? Like hardcore. It was like violent, too violent. Oh, it got crazy. It's man. Super lame. Wow. I remember reading like I think there was like a judge bootleg or something. I don't remember what it was. And on the back, there was like a quote from my judge. Like he was on tour. Maybe it was in a zine or something. And he was talking about how. You know, it, it was basically alluding to the fact that like they created this thing that like he didn't want to be a part of anymore. 100%, yes. And like I felt like I was like, oh, I relate to that right there. And, like I didn't relate to it in the beginning. Like when I first heard the judge record, I was like, oh, come on. Like, what are you talking about? This is amazing. He like, didn't like the violence that was surrounding his. his yeah, 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 yeah. Like and I don't I don't know Mike very well, but like I can I I. I relate to him. I, I just, for some reason, like his his aura and the way he carries himself and like yes. his demeanor. I'm like, oh, man, like you you get it like you understand you know you understand like why it can be such a drag and like also the best thing in the world it's sort of like an abusive lover you know what i mean like you're like i love you and i i can't leave you but like you're beating the shit out of me like this is terrible i shouldn't be around it's toxic you know yeah so that's how it felt and so yeah i had to dip that was that was like it so the last so it's just it's just one truth, and then in this defiance, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then anger means. Yeah, oh, a- anger means we did. Yeah, it was like fucking. That was a shit show, but it was fun. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we won't talk about that. But but one truth. I mean, that's like that's like game changer, man. For it was. I mean, it, you know, it, I I guess it, it's so funny. Like I always used to talk so much shit about the '90s. Like, oh, this is every band is so metal and stupid and stupid and whatever. But we, I mean, we were that band. But um. But now I have a, a a new appreciation for it. I'm like, oh, this shit is is actually really cool. Like a lot of bands in the '90s were really sick. There, it was fun. Yeah, man, it was a time. It was era, a, it was sound. like people like took took this thing from the ni- from the '80s and like they took it and they kind of created this new thing. You know, what yeah. I mean? Like and it, it evolved and now you know it's something different. It's still like, evolving and still different sounds for it. Now, yeah, you know and like I mean? now you we you know you kind of talked about it in your podcast and stuff. Like like bands will just bring in different influences and like it's cool. It's Love like it. it's kind of how it's supposed to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way you guys would just listen to hardcore the whole time. No, no, no. We were super, I mean, we pop everything. Yeah. 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 We listened to everything like, you know, all all kinds of shit. Like I was really into Scott Vogel and I really share an affinity for like post hardcore and like hot water music, hot water music, stuff like that. Like I listened to hot water music, like nonstop on repeat on my headphones driving for like 12 hours like on tour like that's all i listened to yeah, yeah that yeah. like mineral you know band that band mineral was really good you but know i band? think kids just think that like you eat sleep drink you're just hardcore that's it you don't listen to no other types of music and that's you can't, it man. You, you listen out. to demos on every fucking drive yeah, yeah like oh i heard this ben, this, <laughs> let's go by state by state we're gonna demo from each state and listen to them all the way th- <laughs> you kill yourself like it's like the worst thing ever like another shitty demo like no way but it's just it's just interesting the perspective on that or what people think you're supposed to be listening to or yeah. what label you're supposed to be on or what sound you're supposed to have. Yeah, it was it was it was like you know, it, it's like anything. It's like a microcosm of like society, like high school. That's what I I started equating like hardcore to like to like being in high school. Damn, you know, and and high school sucks. I, and high school sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you had your homies, your good you friends. Yeah, 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 you had your good friends that you really fucked with and you could like be inspired by. But then you'd step out of like your your little comfort zone and it would just be, oh, man, I'm getting thrown over the railing again or like this drunk jocks like, you know, yeah. manhandling this person over here. You know, it's just terrible experience. You Did know? you feel like you had to live up to a certain type of person being in strife or not? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I think. I mean, I, I think for the most part, you know, in hindsight, like there was definitely parts of it like 
that were that were that way but for the most part like we kind of dressed the way we wanted to yeah we kind of like did the music we wanted to do um did people think he was super militant and crazy and well if you weren't if you were a straight edge kid you didn't think it was militant you know what i mean if yeah. you were, but if you were like uh post-hardcore emo punk kid yeah. then you were like oh my god you're straight edge like you're to please don't beat me up and i'm just like come on bro like yeah yeah we're, yeah we're gonna hang like let's go to, let's go to denny's and just there was an era of all that in different parts of the country shit was going off in different ways it was yeah it was under the under the straight edge yeah, yeah, yeah. like you were yeah. like oh you guys are playing salt lake oh, like be careful like you got to be careful with straight edge kids in salt lake you know as a straight edge band you know what i mean like yeah. whoa this is weird like we're not we're not militant enough you know what i mean like so it was, I, I would get into arguments, like, it was funny, like, being on tour with Earth Crisis, because they're, like, the sweetest dudes ever. Sweetest, dude. And we would sit and, you know, hang out and just talk shit and just be bands on tour, right? It wasn't about band politics or music politics or straight yeah. edge this or whatever. We would just shoot the shit and, you know, whatever, and just tour. And, but C Carl and I would always do these things, that, I don't know if you'd ever remember this, but we'd do these things where we'd go for our walks and like, it was like two sides of the coin, right? Like I'm straight edge, you're straight edge and you think this way and I think this way and like, you know. Yeah, were you vegan too? Yeah, I was okay, vegan. Okay. Yeah, I was vegan back then. So it was like, we, we were like-minded individuals, but we had different approaches of like how to get it across. Yeah. And like, for me, it was like, I knew that as a 12 year old kid or 13 year old kid going to like my first punk show. If I had walked in and had someone like beat me up for wearing a subhumans t-shirt, I would have never gotten into, into straight edge. I would have never gotten into mm. it. You know, yeah. I remember going to like a blast show when I was a kid, like really great young. Yeah. Great fucking band. Oh my God. And there was like, you know, power of expression or maybe take the manic ride era. And they scared the shit out of me. It was so intimidating and, and so gnarly and so scary and, and so awesome at the same time. Yeah. And, um, you know, and just being like, you know, this spiky haired, you know, acne faced, you know, sort of chubby kid that never fit in at school. And, you know, I was never really good at anything. And like, you kind of feel like, oh, my God, this is my home. This is where I belong. Yeah. And if someone would have just shit on me and, and you know, instead, like, I think a kid or whatever, I fell down in the pit or whatever the, for the first time and they picked me up and I was like, OK, I, they feel good. It feels good to be here. Yeah. It's scary. It's unpredictable. But I know that I'm OK. Yeah. And I felt like with Earth Crisis, it was like, you're shutting that door, like, by just telling people, like, street by street, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. it was it was sort of... It's a hard song, though. It's fucking bad. It's <laughs> awesome. It's an anthem. It's, like, so sick. I mean... It's but but I, I loved, back then, because I've always been... I'll, my whole band's not straight, except for me. But I, I respected what you guys, what everybody was doing, because you're all, we're all, like, living this life do you know what i'm saying we're all like drug free and yeah um well that you know it's cool because you know we'd play with like h2o yeah. or we play with bands you know what i mean it was like it was we it, it wasn't about a style as much as it was a belief you totally. know what i mean and it wasn't a like a singular belief it wasn't like oh we're all straight edge so we're no. only going to play with each other no it was well we play with each other but you know what i'm saying yeah and uh but it was that like that wasn't the reason it was like a it was like a, a betterment of our, our our community and our society i mean i really the different sounds and styles too, right man. you yeah. you can get you can get it all across. You can get like something productive can happen in, in all, all different shapes and sizes. And that, yes. that was kind of what, what we believed as a hardcore band as, as individuals was, you know, if you've got long hair and it's your first show and you're at a straight, it's quote unquote, seeing our band, a straight edge band for the first time, I want you to be, I'll single you out and be like, you're awesome that you're here. 
Yeah. And that always made Somebody with a mohawk in the front yeah, or some fuck shit. Yeah, that was the best. I love like if that, a kid dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like and if, if a kid Because it took balls to do that back then. Yeah, because you could too. get fucking beat up. But, like, a, but, ha- but having a mohawk at a punk show, it yeah. sounds so crazy. Though. I know, right? It was like <laughs> it, it's it, yeah, it's so I gotta I gotta pay, take a piss. Can I stop? That's fine. Can we stop? I'm gonna open the door too, get some air too. Yeah. Hang on. Yo, we are both back. We both took pisses in different bathrooms. <laughs> this is some real old man shit. Yeah. Um no, I was just thinking in the bathroom when I was thinking in the bathroom too, um, about straight edge and all that. Because obviously, for you, you were for such a long time. But I just feel like the vibe from you, it wasn't like, I want to get fucked up. I feel like the vibe you is you were just burnt on the whole thing about it. That's what what, 100%. what, what, what it was representing at that time. Yeah, I, w- I was like, how can I get away from this? And that's the most punk like we. Rebe- like fuck this! I'm not, I don't know. It's weird. Cause it, I never talked to you about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've talked about it briefly with people, but you know, for me, and like, not to even care because it's your fucking life. No, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, I mean, for sure, one hundred percent. But care, in yeah. hindsight, like where I am now, like I don't, you know, I don't do drugs or drink or smoke or any of that stuff anymore. Um. So you know, as a as a fifty year old man, I turned fifty this year, and awesome. you know, as a fifty year old man, and like you know, you come full circle and it's like almost like I'm 15 again and like the way I see the world and how I want to see the world and how I want to feel in the world. And being a parent and having kids in this world. That dude. certainly was the m- major factor in, in getting me where I'm at. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, in like 98, like I was like so burnt on, on, on playing shows and the scene was just so, it just was such, so far from what I had hoped it would be yeah. when I first started doing shows or playing shows or even going to shows. And I was burnt. Yeah. We, you know, as a band, we were, we would get in it. We were arguing and we, we would, it was just like, it was, you know, a long time to be on the road together yeah. and, and just, it's tough. You know, it's any, as anybody who's ever been on the road knows it's like, you know, we cracked basically. It happens. And it happens. And, um, you know, I didn't start drinking or anything, right away like a lot of people i know that were straight edge would just jump in and be like go okay I, i'm gonna yeah go ju- i'm gonna jump Heroin in yeah, yeah yeah right right from the jump and i was like nah I, i'm not really into partying and doing drugs but i don't want to be a part of this i need to somehow can i excommunicate myself to where i can't go back i mean which is you know, was angsty you know what i mean and i started smoking cigarettes and i did Damn. it i did it on on the low like i worked retail for diesel and i would smoke cigarettes in the alley and i would literally look around <laughs> like and smoke a cigarette and it was so, Yo, it's so crazy. silly like you know what i mean like what the fuck is wrong with you in case somebody saw you out there. yeah yeah like who the fuck is gonna care or see me wow you know? but i did get like you know people would you know send me hate mail and and, and really? yeah yeah like if you ever come to so and so you know place we're gonna fuck you up and kill you blah 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 Damn. And so I was just like, oh, this is exactly why I left. Cool. You know, thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, I, you know, I did this. There's this like YouTube video of me doing an interview, I guess, with some dude in Brooklyn one time after a show. I've never watched the video, but people got really bummed because I was talking about all these sort of things, touching on these things that you and I are talking about. Like people are like, well, just because other, you know, straight edge kids were lame. It doesn't mean you have to stop being straight edge. And, you know, you know, fast forward to today, I totally get that mentality. But at the time, I was like, this shit is fucked up. Like, I don't like it. I don't like what it's become. And f- that was my personal experience. And so I did what I had to do to sort of like, again, get myself kicked out, basically. Kicked out of the club. Kicked out of the club. Like, you you, you sold out. You couldn't. You can't come back. But at the same time, I wasn't trying to like go jump into like some freaking K-hole either. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I didn't start drinking until like, I mean, I would hang out with Dom DeLuca, our good buddy. And, you know, I would drive him around because he would get drunk at these clubs. And he introduced me to sort of like the L.A. nightlife people. Got you. And he would I would drive him around in his car and he would get fucked up and I would drive him home. We'd go get burritos or some shit after because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sober. So it was a weird, <laughs> mutually beneficial relationship, Dom and I, in the beginning. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was sick. So, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't drink or anything or do any of that shit until like years later after I stopped, quote unquote, being straight edge. Yeah. yeah. And were you doing photography then too or? No, I mean, I, I'd started, you know, I'd always kind of gotten, I was into photography since like probably the beginning of the band um, because a girlfriend of mine was into photography like in college. Yeah. And she would, you know, be like, hey, can you sit for me to do like a depth of field test or whatever? And so I would do that. And I thought it was cool. My dad had a camera. He's like, oh, I'll take it with you. So I, I would take it with me on tour. And I got into into shooting photos and stuff. Never really of bands and all that stuff. It's weird. Like the thing that you're closest to, like I wasn't that interested in, uh, yeah, in documenting. Yeah. I was like, I'm right in the middle. I'm going to watch the band. I don't want to take a picture of them. Totally. Um, so I didn't really do that. I was like really into like street photography and you know there's like a, a photographer called joel P- joel peter wicken who i'm really into who shot cadavers and like set up these really elaborate it's like super macabre and like scary but like absolutely gorgeous photos okay but like it's a dead guy you know with like a anvil sitting on his you know head or yeah yeah, yeah. anyway it was it was r- gruesome photography or gruesome subject matter but shot so beautifully and such intent and such a uh philosophy behind the photos that it really inspired me um, and that's sort of what, what kept me or got me into photography. And then, you know, I didn't start, I, I shot for a long time and then I lost all my film. You shot during while you were in the band? And I shot while yeah. I was in the band and then like yeah. in 97 or 96, I think we were going to, we were going to Australia and I had all my shit in my car. Like, uh, I was living, I think in Hollywood at the time, or maybe I was living just, uh, in like a, uh, Oak Park, which is like, a sort of like a couple cities over. I was living with a friend. And at the time, and uh, we were going on tour and I had all my shit in my car, my cameras, all my negatives, bunch of prints and things like that. It was like, I was like basically in transition of like moving somewhere or something. Yeah. And uh, I was shooting, I was shooting something like a cover for like a DVD, uh, VHS cover or something. I don't know what it was. Um, and I had to leave my, my car broke down in the parking lot of the studio. And I was like, I went to the owner. It was a friend of ours. Uh, his dad owned the studio and he was like, Hey, can I leave? my car here and he's like yes and i was like we're gonna be gone for like six weeks oh, it's like dude. is it cool and he's like yeah car was gone when i got back all my shit was gone so I, I i was like fuck photography this is lame it was like all oh, my life's work i was like so bummed Dang. so i didn't i i just stopped doing photography after that like not didn't buy a camera and then digital came out and it was oh, so yeah. expensive and so shitty i was like this is lame photography sucks and i was not into it and then in like 2007 probably 2008 I, I started working for Rick at Fresh Jive. He had a store on oh, Fairfax wow. and he gave me, they gave me a, like a shop camera. And so I started taking pictures again because I was on Fairfax. Like I had friends oh, that were skated and they'd come in and I oh sit for a portrait and I'd take pictures and they'd be like, oh, you should meet my buddy Rick. He's taking pictures. And so it sort of just started very organically. And it's cool. And then I started shooting brands and stuff. And, you know, now it's getting hired and shit. Yeah. 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 And it was like, you know, do it for free or next to nothing and draw, you know, put the effort in and work. Build your portfolio and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just work crazy. I like I'd shoot a, an event for someone and then stay up till six in the morning, like retouching the photo, like every single photo, making sure it was like absolutely perfect, even <laughs> though it was like, you know, this big, you know, yeah, super yeah, tiny yeah. little photo. No one cared. Like uh, <laughs> no one cared that you took the dust spots out of the fucking background, you know, that yeah. in the other room of the photo. 
So it was ridiculous. Um, and now it's been you. That's what you've been your full time kind of. Yeah, that's what I do for a living now. That's yeah. incredible, man. Yeah, yeah. And that you, and I also make a lot of money doing strife. <laughs> and God money too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm an actor as well. <laughs> yeah. So God money. That was '99, right? Yeah. '96. I remember '96. Oh, '96. Oh, yeah. I think when I, I mean, came. Everybody out. talking about that when you were in that. It was like because there was really nobody from the hardcore scene doing being in movies and shit. Really. Not really. Hear about that? Yeah. No, I mean it. It was. Did weird. you want to do more after that? No, nah, I mean, I didn't care. Okay. I, I wasn't trying to be an actor. I, I got asked by Darren Doan, who did the movie. He did our our D, our V uh, our movie, our tour video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Strife tour video. He's like, oh, I have this movie, a script that I've been wanting to do. He's, you know, filmmaker, did a lot of videos for bands, still does, I think. Um, And he was like, I want to make this movie. You want to be in it? Like, your energy, like, if I could capture your energy, you know, in the movie, you know, or your blah, blah, blah. It would be, it could be a cool, cool thing. And I was like, you know, sure. And six months went by and he's like, okay, you're getting ready to do it. And he's like, here's a script. He's like, you got to memorize it. And I'm like, no, I, I, <laughs> I was, you know, I fucking was terrible. Like I was on tour and shit. So, Damn. so, you know, and then it was like, oh, we're filming in like next, you know, in a month or like next week or whatever. And it creeped up and I was like, all right. And I guys crammed and just did it. And we did it. It's crazy, man. Yeah. That was, it was cool. I, I, it was a good experience. It was fun. It yeah. Yeah. It was it did pretty well. I mean, I heard everybody talking about that time. I, I mean, know. I think it was just because it was like, oh, this hardcore kid, you know, hardcore dude, like yeah. non actor guy was in was in a movie. I mean, I don't know of many other movies that were made the way he did it. It was pretty punk and pretty cool the way he did it. Yeah, I mean, he's done some cool shit afterwards. You know, they did a couple of comedies and stuff. And one of the dudes that was working with him went on to like write like huge Disney movies. Like, oh, really? Uh, Ken Dario is like this massive like Pixar Disney. Who's part of God Money. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like the producer of God Money or one of the producers. And uh, yeah, he went on to do like Toy Story or some shit like that. Like massive things. Like he's crazy. Uh, and wow. I haven't talked to any of those dudes probably since like 98 or 99. Yeah. Is, is it harder in photography now with everybody taking photos on their phones and everybody's a photographer now? And yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it sucks. It's definitely it's affected terrible. that industry. It's terrible. It's terrible. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, I'm not really good at a lot of things, so you kind of stick with what you know. And I, I, lo I still love photography. You know, the pandemic sort of like- I was like, going to ask you about that, how it affected you. Yeah, yeah it, killed, it killed not only my business, but a lot of people, you know- in general, bands. I mean, fuck, if you're yeah. in a band, like a touring band, like, oh my God, forget it. It's like, I know. Um, so, yeah. So, and it also just changed my perspective on the importance or my priorities on, on photography. Before, pre-pandemic, it was like, I shot like a lot of fashion stuff, models, things like that. Um, for extra side cash, like I would shoot at agencies, you know, they'd send me like new faces and new people and be like, oh, can you photograph? Because I was like reliable and like not a creep and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So people would, you know, I got kind of a good name for that in the industry. And then I would shoot commercial stuff too, like brand stuff, you know, every pretty much every streetwear brand or whatever you've heard of, like Nike and yeah. Converse and all that shit too. So, you know, I had a good thing going and business was good and pandemic hit and it just sort of swallowed it all up and then we had our second baby um during the pandemic and so my my sort of priorities have just shifted you know like yeah i mean i love taking photos but i'm not hustling like i was i've just been kind of hanging with my kid my wife's an amazing you know talented person who's got a, a good job and she's yeah exceptional at what she does so thank god we have that um and we've been okay throughout the whole thing but you know my my job's just like Dang. took a shit. So, 
even now things coming back now yeah things are coming back i mean i've been i've been working but again it's like i haven't i don't reach out like i was like i've never been like a quote-unquote go-getter type of guy i've always sort of you know i'm sure you can relate it's like things kind of just come to you like yeah like I know you and you know somebody, you yeah. know, an actor or someone is like, oh, I got a buddy who's a photographer and you, you link up that way and that blossoms into something else. asking people for favors, asking people for anything. Man. Yeah, it I sucks. It, it sucks. It's, it's almost like it's a good quality. It's really bad as of lately with my podcast, talking to different people about sponsorships and all that stuff. Like I just don't want to do, I don't know. I don't, I don't I have like a couple, but I don't like going out like, Hey, this is my podcast. Here's my numbers. I th- I can't do it, man. And yeah. I, I maybe I have to hire somebody to do it, but I, I don't, I didn't start the podcast to do it for that or having like a, man- you're a hardcore kid. Yeah. Like having a manscape ad in the middle of our conversation right, right. now. Is that I'll a never, manscape ad right I'll now? I'll never, no, never do it. Wait, I'll, are we getting paid for manscape? No, no. I but, have a manscape shaver, hit, but they hit me up. Like I've talked to these companies. It's like, <laughs> I, that's not me to have that on my, I don't care about right. it enough. You know what I mean? Right. But I, you should, because I, I you, you should. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, oh, it's like you hate money. It's like I say fucking dealing with like asking for. Yeah, shit I don't hate. Sponsors. I like money. Money's cool, mm-hmm. but I don't like hustling for money. Like yeah. you know, there's those people out there that are just it's it's in their bones. Like even the even cool people that I'm friends with that are just like oh me too. They yeah. just they just somehow they can wake up in the morning and it's just like go 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 and True. I and they got a they got and then you know they're driving a Tesla or something. I don't know. I know. And, or you know whatever and it's like you know to live in LA you've got to fucking make money it's like yeah, I know. You, you, I know. you know it's like you can't just you know whatever but at the same time it's like my my wife comes from she's a millennial she's like 14 years younger than me and she grew up you know in a different background like she came from you know her family was success you know she comes from like mm-hmm. a pretty well-off background background in, in but she Angeles. works hard but she's a hard-ass worker. Like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. why we that's connected amazing. because we shared in that. I think with, but she's like, dude, why you 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 know so many people? You know this, that, and the other. Like, but why don't why don't shit. why don't you just like reach out and go take pictures of like so and so with his kid or whatever? And that can. And I'm like, but that's like not what you do. Like know. you know, and it, well, I, you not, know, your friends would do it in a second. Absolutely, but like I know what you're saying. It's dude. not a pride thing. It's it's a doing. I feel, it's corny a, doing, I feel yeah, weird doing yeah, that yeah. shit. But at the same time, it's like why? Like the thing that I'm learning at 50. But you should is like be, might as well just do it. Like fuck I know. it. You know, it's like whatever. Who cares? But, I mean, you're a great photographer, and that's what people pay you to do. So it's like, why but wouldn't it, you want to? Yeah. I mean, but even doing this podcast right now, my wife was like, just do it, and I'm like, yeah, but I know I've known Toby forever. Like I don't know, it's weird. Like who will have, who the fuck wants to listen to my dumbass talk? People are gonna be psyched on this, bro. I'm what, you whatever. That would be wonderful. I mean, I they would are. greatly appreciate that. But like at the same time, I was like, dude, there's so many other cool people out there to talk to. Like he's doing his thing. Like and and you know, Greg was like, oh, he was the one that was like, you know, you should do it. Like Toby wants whatever. I was like, oh fuck, I don't know. This is crazy. And Jane, <laughs> Jane was like, just do it. Why wouldn't you dude, do we're it? Just hanging, having a conversation. I was driving now. over here today, and I was like, oh my god, should I just like call him and tell him I got like diarrhea and I can't. Why are you getting nervous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Dude, I fucking love you. I, of this course. is just chill, right? We're just yeah. talking, dude. It is. It's a lot easier than I expected. Dude, it's not. I, don't, I really I, appreciate I, it. I, yeah, dude, this is just a way to talk and I love these conversations because this doesn't happen anymore really, especially with the pandemic. I, I was, especially yeah. online because I can just go online and say, oh, Rick's on tour. He must be doing good. I don't know how you're doing mentally or or somebody's doing you yeah. oh, the playing shows or he's there right nobody reaches out anymore and yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you really fuck they'll comment it's awesome. all your persona of like I whatever know, you're projecting dude. that's the other thing about like but social this media. is real like we're in a kitchen just fucking talking yeah and i mean i i gotta give it to you too i mean you're like a very charismatic person and you're easy to talk to and like you're enthused i mean that's the one thing i would say if i had to 
describe you in a nutshell would be Thank like you. the enthusiasm is like contagious and that's it's funny because I think people like myself and you could probably relate to this to a certain extent I'm assuming is that you know if someone is psyched and jamming and doing their thing and it's a pat and like kind of like what you're doing right now like where like you're like I love what I'm doing like yeah. yeah I could get sponsors but I'm not necessarily trying to go that route. That's why I'm doing this. That makes me like going like oh my god I'm such a piece of shit like fuck dude I can't like be in the same room with these people because they're just like loving it and they're so awesome <laughs> and it's so inspirational like well, I'm you like, love taking photos what? though right? Yeah yeah I do but it's like <laughs> you know what I mean it's like different it's like and you know. love playing music on stage. I absolutely love playing music on stage. It's the one thing like I, I that I mean that's still why we do it. Of course. Because it's not certainly we're not making money we're doing not, it. And we, it's not I like mean we'll it make, was in the 90s. You make you make like European tours are different though. Yeah, yeah. You make you make a living you know, if you're a band like Terror or like sick of it all or whatever, you're you're this is what you do. Yeah. I mean H two I'm sure to a certain extent you know No, those guys grind hard and I, I love that. Yeah, they're they're killing it. They kept like, it alive for us, man. But they're and killing themselves at the same time. So that's <laughs> like you know, it's like I, I mean, yeah, it's a, lo- sick, it's a love hate thing. Sick of it all is like probably in better shape than anybody I know. Actually, but it's love hate though. It's a love hate thing. It's like yeah. I hate leaving my family. I I hate traveling. I hate fucking flying. But once you get there, you're like uh, you you with your brothers. Yeah. You're talking like a sailor. You have no responsibilities. Right. You can sleep as late as you want. Go play your fucking show. Hang out. And you're big kids. Like we're we're big kids, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's the it's interesting because my wife when we first started dating um she didn't know i was in a band or w- w- had been in a band i love that and when she found out i was in Same a, with my judge yeah yeah she was like you're in a fucking band and i'm like yeah and she's because like, it was like we weren't playing or anything and then one day i hit her up and i was like oh you know like my band's gonna play probably play this thing called sound and fury it's in ventura it's like one of the great fest yeah sick amazing and uh sid was like oh yeah i want to play like and you know we hadn't seen each other for a while we hadn't played shows really and she's like, you're in a band? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, really? And then I was like, yeah, you want to go? And she's like, oh, man. She was like super bummed. She's like, this is lame. Because she said, just thought I was like a Hollywood sort of band dude, you know? <laughs> I guess a certain, extent I, a certain extent I was. But um, but I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a rock band. And so she came to the show and she was just kind of like, what the fuck? This is crazy. How are we, how, like, what year was that? Uh, 2013, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Were uh, you smashing the mic then too? I don't know. That's a new thing to want to talk to Relatively about. new, yeah. She must trip on that, I can't dude. jump anymore. Like but your, your forehead looks good. I thought you'd be all scarred up and shit. Well, I think it's it, it's like, you know, there's very thin skin on the forehead. I think I have like several concussions, but... Uh, that, that's a newer just, thing though, right? Yeah, it's newer. Like, it's for sure. Like, I, I get it. Like, I think Mike DC used to do it. Gigi uh, Allen, of course. Gigi, yeah, but I'm not a Gigi I Allen. Know, dude. I yeah, know, Yeah, but, but I, get, I get this self-infliction. It's like, for me, like, I am so mellow for the most part yeah, like in my life show. like i don't really get shook or 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 rattled that easy i'm not like an angry person like i don't walk well my wife would say different but <laughs> I, I i'm not like you know what i mean like i'm pretty easygoing it takes a lot for me to get pissed or get really pissed you know yeah and uh uh it is 100 like a selfish outlet to play shows now like i love i mean first of all playing you know playing the music that we play from the era we played yeah and and all that stuff is like such a a place in my heart like personal like fuck everybody else i don't even give a shit like not even my band guys like it's so personal and it's so it's such a beautiful unadulterated thing for me that like therapeutic it's therapeutic absolutely like i don't really have any other outlet like i ride my mountain bike now i go into the mountains and go like camping and shit because it's like i don't want to be like 
in the shit anymore. Like yeah. I used to love living downtown and be like, oh, it's so edgy. It's like very New York down there, man. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Yeah, you try to live like out in the Palm Springs or something. Yeah, like. I want to live in the mountains. Okay, like, uh, ultimately, like you know, and 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 you know, we'll get there. Or we won't. Whatever. Like, I, and that's the other thing. It's like I'm pretty good. Like you could say you're living in you know one bedroom apartment for the rest of your life. You live anywhere. Eh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I I'm not like um. Yeah, again, my wife would say different, but <laughs> I, maybe I see myself a lot different. Than, than, <laughs> well, back to the head smashing. Yeah. That's something you started doing just because. Just to, uh, yeah, yeah just, well, g- going back to that is like, yeah, um, because it's like a release. It feels good. Like I can't, I'm not, I can't operate the way I used to. I can't jump off of drum risers ah, and all that shit. You, you. So it's a way. It's like almost out of a frustration and a way of like getting Damn. people's attention. Before it was like, let me jump as high as I could and like do a you f- jump high, fucking dude. you know front flip into the crowd and like I'll get your attention one way or another. It was like that was the one thing I learned from like Black Flag and of course. like amazing frontman was like you get people's attention and you hold it as as hard as you can. Don't be a dick, but you do your thing. Yeah, and you got to do it, and that's the only way you're gonna make it, and the only way people are gonna remember you. So and 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 the head smashing or the mic thing is like literally out of frustration. I think nine times out of ten. And now it's like a habit. Can't so, stop doing it. So I can't stop doing it. And like Does headstands. Does your wife like you doing that? She hates it. And you know who hates it worse? My mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have yeah, you seen you play and do that? My my son, Leo, saw us play uh, recently with Terror uh, at 720, 1720 in LA. And uh, he was like, holy fuck. That's my pops up there. Yeah, yeah. He was like, well, and I said hi to him. And like, it gives me <laughs> such a sense of like, I could cry about it because yeah, sure. he will tell his like he'll be like I saw my dad play a show and he said hi to me and I'm like oh man, man. like you're killing me kid like wow. he's such a beautiful little guy like it's so Dude. beautiful and it's <laughs> it's a heartwarming thing so now now it's like playing shows is that vibe it's that yeah. warm and fuzzy feeling and it feels so good and like whether you like it or not like as a someone who's seeing us is almost irrelevant to me now it's like yeah. i'm hanging like you just said hanging out with your bros i've known these dudes longer than anybody else i've been yep. doing this thing longer than anything else i've ever done yeah I, d- I don't have a hard time committing to anything like for long term yeah this is it like this is what i've done this is my relationship my brothers yeah and my family so and by extension the hardcore scene 100 percent. so and and again har- family's imperfect imperfect it's fucked up it's a mess it's a it's a hodgepodge of like people doing dumb shit and doing great shit and like feeling insecure. But I've always been able to rely on some aspect of it to make me feel like I can get through whatever I'm going through. And I I mean, it's cliche, but it's true. Like why else, why else is it so amazing to everybody? To so many people. And these guys are there for you too. And they'll play whenever you want to play and they got your back. And like, I mean, I think up until maybe a a year or two ago, like Andrew would be like, okay, we got to invite to play in fucking Palmdale so in someone's it, backyard and it's cool and we'd be like okay we're doing it and now I'm like oh, I don't know dude mm. it's on a Thursday night bro like really 10 like, o'clock I'm yeah, like, by yeah, then. yeah like I don't know if I could do that so like we're I'm a little bit but what you guys just did in the east coast was sick yeah, yeah Snapcase. Sick. that was like was shit awesome. like that's cool yeah yeah going to Europe's cool for like maybe 10 shows or yeah, something yeah. like that it's like it is a it is a luxury and a you know it's such a a beautiful thing to be people able to still care man yeah to, it's you know f- i think for people it's a novelty in, in our case like they're like oh 90s band like cool um what about singing those songs you wrote back then it's still the same cool it feels it feels the same even like i mean you know now that i'm not doing 
not only that I, I am sober or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, I'm not sober because I had to be Would sober. Would you never say straight edge again because... I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, completely, yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. about if someone made a shirt that said, it's okay to be straight edge again or something like that, I might wear that shirt. I, it, it would be... I'm going to make that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't remember what I... I thought of like a saying... It's okay not to drink. It's okay to be straight edge again. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. okay to like... It's okay <laughs> to go back to what you were, you know? Like, it's okay. Like, I kind of, you know, I would maybe say it then, but like... That is fun. You know, I don't know. I may want to take mushrooms in a year. I don't know. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not trying to do You're heroin. You're a 50-year-old man. Do you have the answer to I'll do whatever the do. fuck I want, dude. I you look good, though. Thank you. You too. We're aging well, but I think it's just playing music and doing all the shit we've been doing. Big kids. Being our own bosses, kind of. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, living our own rules. Yeah. It's a stressful existence, I think, and a lot of people can't sort of relate to it, I think, in a lot of ways, but... There's like a low bar. Like I'm not trying to have a mansion. I don't want to yep. have the nicest shit in the world. I don't care. I think it's I don't I don't want to be obnoxious. I want to be low key about who I am and I think I learned that from the music that I grew up on. Yeah. I think I learned that from my parents. And um but even that is hard to fucking do right now, right? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. the, that's the crazy thing is like even just trying to be low key. Low key is tough. You got to be like Hey, I'm low key. Check it out. <laughs> like, you know, like what the you fuck? You know what's crazy? I sold my car nine months ago, gave all the money to my son, bought him a car. I haven't had a car in nine months. I walk everywhere, all through all through this neighborhood. Every day I walk, I take scooters. Yeah. I love it, man. I yeah. feel like I'm in New York. I just yeah, do my, I stay in a little bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do my thing. You're like, built I, for that. I don't That's want great. a car. I don't need that shit. It's yeah. like I'll go hiking. Do you ever have you ever ridden a mountain bike? No, but I'm into these electric bikes because Derek has one yeah. and he loves it. Dude, and we've been looking at them. I've been researching them. I heard that's awesome to have. Like, oh, dude. since I don't have a car, I mean, they go pretty fast. I'm they go nervous. pretty. I mean, I've never ridden an electric bike. They I rock a helmet I, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah oh, dude, I've fucking jacked myself big time. Okay, um, I, I, I've never. I was never into mountain biking. I uh, got into it over the pandemic because it was like, yeah, I, I heard I, that was a big sales. Two bikes went up. Huge. You couldn't get them. You couldn't get. I mean, or I paid weights. Yeah, astron- yeah. Astron- Dude, I couldn't get weights. Like, I remember I was trying to get weights. Like even Amazon didn't have weights. So I was like, "What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, weights, bicycles, skateboards. Are yeah, hard. yeah. Anything that like was uh, was awesome when I was How a kid, old? I couldn't get. You know, like yeah. I was like, oh, "I'm gonna get back into camping" because like I camped a lot. You get and a I big did... wheel. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> fuck, dude. You can no, find so you started everywhere. riding bikes in the pandemic. So yeah. I started riding mountain bikes in the pandemic, and it was like the best of both worlds because like I used to do ride dirt bikes and shit when I was a kid with my family and go camping and be on the outdoors and all that stuff. And then I really love being just like a hike, you know, yeah. get, getting someplace remote and doing cool shit like that. So mountain biking is kind of the best of both worlds. A lot of adrenaline. It's like keep, you know, get, keeps you in shape to a certain extent. I got to like, you know, eat right too, but I like, yeah. like, like an asshole, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's beautiful. So I know you're into hiking. I know you're into being yeah. physical and doing a lot of physical stuff. I mean, being you're from New York, maybe I wouldn't suggest a mountain bike cause you might die. Cause I don't know. Yeah, electric bike seemed like my kind of speed, like yeah. chill. Cause I don't know. Y- yes, I mean city bike. Are you talking about city or like off road? I don't know. I think well, Derek drives it back and forth to my house. So okay, so city like bike. city bike. Yeah, it's yeah, a city big bike. black electric. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like thing. a cruiser. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's like almost like riding a but motorcycle. It goes like thirty or twenty five, something like that. I would get one of those for sure. They're expensive. That's the thing. It's I like know. you could buy a fucking car, but you know, at the same time, it's way better than the options. I mean, you know, whatever. It's crazy to. You're lucky you don't have a car right now. Yeah, my wife wanted to get not a scooter. What do they call like like the mods rode them? Um, like a Vespa. She was gonna buy Dan Smith's Vespa. Vespa. Yeah, yeah. And I like I was talking to both. I was getting really stressed because she works at the barracks downtown. Yeah. And she was gonna ride up and down Pico. I was like, dude, no, please. Sketchy. 
You're not gonna be able to dress like I love Lucy every day. You have to wear a helmet, put boots on. It's sketchy, bro. She drives a '65 Falcon right now. I, I saw her leaving actually yeah, when, I, when I pulled in. I was like, "Oh, there's Moon." Hey, I mean that's her. That's her whip. She has like yeah, yeah. she she lives in that world. But yeah, it's just sketchy out here. Drive. I didn't drive until I was 33. I didn't have a license my whole life. So I would. That's my only thing about city bike riding. I don't ride my bike in the city. I, I think it's too sketchy. So just be careful. Wear a helmet. Yeah. Wear a helmet. So that's one of my questions. Like uh, yeah. daily rituals. That's part of your day. Every day you ride a bike. Try to every day. I mean, I you know. My my wife and I share pretty equally in, in sort of the rearing of our children, but because yeah. my job is like she works, I wouldn't say a nine to five. She works from home, but she's on sort of like duty with her job like throughout the day, all day, all day. Um, you know, it's it, it seems like a blessing to work from home. I'm like, oh, working from home seems cool, but it's like you're always like, oh, t- tethered to like whoever wants to get a hold of you. It sucks. Yeah. Um, there's no like hard clock out, right? And especially as she does because she's like sort of a brand whiz like branding and stuff yeah so you know but anyway long story short like i I get up i take care of the kids or she'll take care of the kids we'll make breakfast and you know put the tv on for our five-year-old we'll watch some tube whatever feed the daughter feed our daughter who's like one and a half almost one and a half awesome and then um take them to school i'd usually drive them to school like uh georgia goes to daycare and then leo goes to his school his preschool and then I'll go home, kind of do some housework, you know, clean up after the freaking whirlwind of yeah, a morning. Like, zone, yeah. I'm like, God damn, like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and um, then I'll just try to go for a bike ride. Get your bike time, your free time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah. I have like a window of like a couple hours that I'll, I'll allot myself, which is kind of weird to do. Like I never was like that where I was like, I'm going to take personal time to go do this. And I'm like, I'm 50. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Time is so important, man. It's it, crazy. And we it, used to have so there, much more time. It's a thing. And also, I, I also equate it because, like, I'm used to playing in band and being on tour. Like, that shit never goes away. Nah, dude. So you could not tour for 10 years, and you will still have that, like, I don't, I'm not just going to sit here in my fucking living room. Nah, dude. Like, I can't just sit here and watch something. TV. I got to do something. I got to do something. And it's usually got to be something physical, I yes. think, coming from what background we, we come from. Especially we're not playing shows as much, and that was our cardio. You atroph- yeah, you, you start disintegrating. I mean, my body <laughs> yeah. is aches. You know, if I, if I don't ride, like, I have very low b- blood pressure, which is crazy. Like, I have the blood pressure of, like, a, a young man. And it's my doctors, every time I go to the doctor, they're always like, do you ever get dizzy? And I'm like, no. And then as of late, I start getting dizzy because my bl- blood pressure is so low. If I'm not active... I get super dizzy all the time. Wow! So I, it's and it just started happening. I'm getting my first colonoscopy. I know you got one. I just got one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congratulations! I'm excited for it. It's I was like so shook, of, but I did it. it was I'm, not, I'm like, done. I'm into it. I'm okay. like, tell me what's in. there. I've never been put under. That's why. So yeah. like, that was the first like. Knockout. You, did you go all the way under? Yeah. Oh, because I, I some people don't. I heard. Yeah, I I don't. The the spot that I'm going to claims that you're not completely under. I think you're not conscious, but you're not under, which is seems weird. Because oh, bro, I don't yeah, know. that's fine. It was amazing. Yeah. You're like <laughs> I've never had the best. That's the best rest of my and life. And they made a thousand dollars off it because my friend Chappelle, I I canceled five times on the same doctor, mm-hmm. who was highly recommended by two of my friends who had already been there. So I was almost making them look bad. Yeah. And he's like, I bet you a thousand bucks you're gonna cancel this next one. I didn't cancel. He gave me a thousand dollars cash. Sick. And my deductible, I hadn't reached it this year, so it actually cost me like fourteen hundred. So it only cost me four hundred. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and and gonna, you're good. I'm clean. Yeah, I had yeah. I had one polyp. So people, the listeners, I never really talked about because I posted about it. But I had one polyp. It was benign. It was that's it. And they said it was great from my age, fifty two. And interesting. And they yeah. scraped it out, and that's it. And I come back in ten years or something like ten that. Ten years, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so nervous. So just like the not knowing, 
You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, not knowing, but are we you, have to do it. Are you uh, are you uh, like a um, hypochondriac? Hypochondriac, one hundred percent. Yeah, interesting. One hundred percent. Why do you think? I don't know, man. I've been like that my whole life. You know, I I I, I feel like I definitely need therapy, and and I I feel like me personally is that these guys get me these questions. Um, <laughs> is that since my dad died, I, I was always scared of my mom dying, and I think that mm-hmm. led to me thinking I was gonna die. Mm-hmm. And my whole life, I've always been so everything. I'm like, oh my god, what's that? I'm like. But then I won't go get it looked at. Like, but I don't look. On, I don't go, go online either. But you'll like do a stage dive yeah, head first I, into a crowd of I fucking know. strangers, or you'll like. I'm getting better. At my old touring, age. A touring know. on a bus, like you know what I mean. You're more likely. To, it's so weird. It's shit like that, like not knowing what's what's on my colon. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I waited. I was supposed to get it at 50. And I'm 52. I waited. Till I was 52 to get. It. And my friend, my brother's got. You're fine. We all got it. Blah blah. But you don't you don't do this, you don't eat me, blah, blah, blah. it doesn't matter though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I, mean, I was happy. They were really it was really really happy awesome. about it. Awesome. I'm 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 pretty stu- I mean, I don't want to do it, of course, but I'm like It's our job. Yeah, 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 you gotta do it. Like if maybe if I didn't have kids or if I wasn't married, I'd probably just be like, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Does your wife want you to do it? She's the one that pushes me to do anything that's like good for me. <laughs> that's which is pretty she's rad. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean she's rad. I mean, if without my <laughs> wife, oh my god. I mean, my goal before her and I met was to like live in my car with my dogs that was like where i was going wow and and not because i was a heroin addict but because i was just like fuck everything yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to be a part of this shit this world be totally off the grid everything yeah and you know in hindsight i mean at the that was my state of mind then it was very destructive how many years ago was that We've been together for about almost 11, 12 oh, years. Oh, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like 2010, You like 11. fucked the world forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck about shit. Like, I I was burnt like, yeah. on, on the whole thing of it, you know? Everything, like, yeah. Yeah, I just didn't, I mean, what what's the point? Like, that was my, my, and it, it wasn't like I was a nihilist. I wasn't like, oh, let me go, like, see how fast I could die, you know? But it was like, let me see how far I could go in this direction that I know is dangerous, not with drugs necessarily or anything, but just an existence. Let me see how far I can go. So I lived in an apartment. I had two dogs, two pit bulls. They're uh, two, two females. They're gray. I loved them. I was like, you know what? Let me see if I lived in my Volvo. I had a Volvo station wagon. I could build it out, put a bed in the back and we could just travel and I could get my fix with like traveling. I'd take photos. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how necessarily I was going to make money doing it, but I was like, oh, you know, I'll do like odd jobs and shit. I'll just like pull into a fucking Walmart and see if I need <laughs> help. Very like some random dude in his car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, when I think about it now, I'm like, you're such an asshole for thinking That's that because crazy. I had the I had the privilege to be able to think that way. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who don't have that option that, that are forced into this uh, a shitty life Very or, t- or hard, harder life like that. Yeah. And I've always sort like, of like, yeah, I'm gonna go slum it. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's like it's it's very disrespectful to like think that way. So my wife helped me find to, to realize and to understand like, okay, you know, and, and you know, people like yourself, I'll, I'll throw you in there. Like one life, one show, you know what I mean? Like you got, you got like a shot to be a dick or to, to be cool. Like I tell my son, like, and I, this is probably the dumbest advice and please someone tell me if I can do a better job. But I try to tell him, I'm like, what you just did, is that cool or not cool? Yeah. Like, and I try to explain cool, not just being like cool, like style or whatever, but like, did it make someone feel shitty or did it, did it make you feel shitty or did it make your mom feel bad or me feel bad or your sister? Is it cool or not cool? And he'll be like, it wasn't cool. I'd be like, 
just be cool. Like be I, I, cool yeah. to yourself. Simple. Be cool. Simple. But powerful. Yeah. But powerful. I yeah. mean, hopefully he gets it because that's. Mm. I want just be cool. Yeah. Be cool to yourself. Be cool to people around you. Treat people better than you would treat yourself. Yeah. You know, or try to. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Have self respect and have self takes self care. Take the time to like you know do the thing that you need to do to make yourself feel better to operate in this crazy place. Yeah. Um, and you know, have a good death. Like you'll end up, we're all going to die. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to die. I, I don't know how we got on this tangent, but no, I like it. This. I don't want, I don't want to die. Like, and be, you know, I, I think about it all the time. Like you think, think about death a lot. Yeah. I'm starting to, I mean, yeah. I mean, now that we're in their fifties, yeah. I can see like how much in reality, long we're really going to be here. And then how our kids are growing and like, we're, we're on gonna, the downhill, but we're not going to be there forever to be there with them. That, yeah. It makes me, I, makes, I can't think about it, man. It kills me. Cause I want to be here forever. And I don't know what's going to happen when we shut off and go there or yeah. there. I don't know. The only, the only piece that I get Damn. when, when I think about death now is like, I just won't give a fuck after I'm dead. Like I, I won't no, I know. be, I, you know, like it won't be like, like I won't, I won't be like lingering in my like son's room being like, Oh man, I miss you. I will just be gone. Like I really believe that. I mean, I think there's a certain energy and a soul, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I'm not a religious person, me either. But I do believe that we we all encompass like these vehicles, you know, encompass an energy. It's almost like um, it's weird. And and someone's like, you need to watch this this movie about like a glitch in the matrix or something. It's like a simulation. Like I feel like we're all like in a computer, like a hard drive at this point, and we're just like like we're just bits of information, like doing our thing on the highway and going around. Yeah, we all need something to do, and like there's a purpose for everybody, and blah blah blah. Uh, it, it's weird. But we, like, yeah, we're not we're not here forever. We're here temporarily. We're, we're here know? for temporarily. So like, just be cool. Try to be cool. Yeah. Why you're here? Yeah. Do you have any major regrets? Hmm. Not really. I mean, my grandfather passed away. I, you know, I kind of shut myself off. He was like kind of an old prickly racist dude. Oh, you mentioned him in the beginning. Yeah, and That's he right. died. He was dying of lung, lung cancer, and I was like super into straight edge and like the whole anti-racism. You know, still definitely involved in that. Um, but I was like super anti. Like he spoke in language that I was not comfortable with, yeah. so I didn't want to be around him. And so he was passing away, and he was on his deathbed, and he was like, "Hey, you know," he told my parents, "Like I'd love to see my my grandson," and I didn't go see him. And so I I, I regret that, even though he was flawed and he was. A, I mean, by all accounts, like kind of a terrible person, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways. Um, he was still like, I should have just been like saying goodbye to him. Yeah. Would it would have been, it would have been nothing for me to do, like uh, maybe yeah. an hour or two. Um, but it would have meant uh, probably a lot to him before he passed away. So that's kind of kind of lame. I didn't do that. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a few things like, you know, I wish I was, I wish I was better at like getting up and doing the thing that I need to do to get the thing that. I'm supposed to get. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You feel unmotivated sometimes? All the time. Yeah. You know? And it's not even, I'm not like a, I mean, I guess there's a mild depression to everything. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in how I think, but it, it's just like, I don't know. And, and then I, you know, I get down on myself because I'm like, you're, cause you're in a place where you can sit and think that much. You're an asshole for not doing the thing that you're supposed to do. Oh, taking all that time to do that. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. sitting around going like, Oh, I don't really care if I, if I can do this or you blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, because you don't, cause you're with a wife who like gives a shit and like works hard and like you work, you know, and you've had the luxury of like doing the thing that has, you know, played in a band and then knowing these people and then, 
Yeah. It, it's all ha- kind of happened and worked out. And it's like, mm-hmm. I get bummed because I'm like, you're privileged enough. Again, going back to it, it's like, you're privileged enough to like have done and live the life you have. Don't take it for granted by just being like, oh, I don't really care if I, if I, you know, I'm successful or not. Yeah. You know, it seems so entitled. And I don't, I mean, I think yeah. we're all entitled to a certain extent. Um, but I, I, I hate that shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. You shouldn't just, you shouldn't just like think like the world owes me. Yeah. Exactly. Like no, I'm, no, I, I, I was in a band, so. I should have the best job. Yeah. Like when I'm taking, when I'm doing being a photographer, yeah. like you should get me a job because I was in a band. Yeah. Fuck that. But do you shit. feel like you're in a good place in your life right now at 50? I'm, you know, I wish things were a little bit different. I think I wish, I wish I was a little bit more motivated, uh, in certain aspects, but at the same time, like I am super psyched on my kids and yeah. like doing that thing. And like our, my relationship with my wife and our dynamic isn't perfect by any means, but our work dynamic works for lack of a better word. Yeah. And so our relationships I, are, I, man, it's, you know, it's, tough. it's, it's not stuff. I'm, I'm a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I am admittedly, I'm like not an easy person when it comes to like how I see the world, my judgment of things, you know, I'm super critical and yeah. you know, I, I on the world or yourself and just everything, everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. Like I can't do something because I'm critical of what it might be what it might mean or make me look like or you know what I mean? Like I can't go Do you worry about what people think about you still not, n- not like in that respect. I, I, I think about, I just don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be like the guy that everybody's like, I don't want anybody to be like, Oh, that dude, look at him. He's like, you know, he's doing stupid shit or whatever. It's like, I mean, it's just a hardcore mentality. Like I grew yeah. up, it's like a very self-loathing, like almost self-sabotage mentality of like, if I make mo- if I make a good amount of money on this job, then then aren't I just a sellout like everybody else that I know that I talk shit about my whole life? Mm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but I I'm gonna you know I don't really know those people that I talk shit about before. Like I didn't <laughs> I don't I don't really know what their dyna- what the reality yeah, yeah. of their situation is. Again, it, it looks. But fun. then people called you a sellout as well. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. You can't win no matter what you do. So just do what you feel like you need to do as a person. If you're doing what you love, get a sponsor. I will, but but if you do what you love or another or what one. you believe in, and you have integrity, and like not a sellout, it's yeah, like yeah. you can pay for something that exactly. you're good at. Like exactly, like there I should could, be no guilt there. You know what's a sellout is like saying, uh, this job. You know, I, and I and I think my wife could relate to this. Like she gets paid really well to do the job she does, but she doesn't really like the job she's doing. Gotcha. But she does it for her family. She does it for her existence. She does it because... But she's not hurting anybody. She's she, not... Yeah, you know what she, saying? Like, she's actually very conscientious about who she works for and what she does for them. So, what brand she lines herself she, with. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, but generally speaking, when you're trying to do good in the world, you're not going to get paid, <laughs> right? Like, that's generally what I've experienced. Like, if you're passionate about... That's music, man. Yeah, yeah. It's fuck unless you yeah. yeah, it's yeah. really true, man. But at the same time, the cool thing about pop music and like mainstream music now, like we were talking we mentioned Billie Eilish earlier, and I don't really know a lot of her music, but I kind of know her story, like her yeah. backstory. And it's Make like music in your bedroom, bro. It's super DIY. Fucking awesome. Still in the same crib they lived your whole life. It's, it's like, so bitchin'. Like I am like 100% good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like 
people are, you know, I'm always, I've always been so conscientious about being that guy that walks into a room. Like, you know, you know, when you've been in backstage, like, let's say you're playing yeah. a show and there's like a rock star walks in the room and they're acting like a prick or, you know, I just never want to be that guy. Yeah. Like I was always so conscientious. I'd rather just sit in the corner and be like quiet than be someone who like drew attention to themselves. I did that on stage but I, yeah, it's it's weird. So yeah, I've you always been yourself though, and that's not a rock star, and that's not an asshole. Yeah, I hope so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who knows? You're worried about being a dick, but you're not a dick. You're just, you, you know what I mean? I mean, I've definitely been a dick. We've I everybody's mean, been a dick as a though. band. Oh my god, we've been such dicks. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but that's back then. Now you're a 50 year old man. With yeah, fucking, I'm a 50 year old man. You know man. what I'm saying? With kids and yeah, it's things way are di- different. Things are different. But you, you let some of the past shit bother you. I try not to let shit bother me. I really don't. I mean, again, like got back to the regret thing. I don't really have a lot of regrets. I mean, I've had maybe some friends that I've lost over the years that I could have. I, I wish maybe I was a little bit more like on top of. Yeah. And maybe they would still be around. But I was, so you feel we were getting paid a lot of money to take photos? Sometimes. Not so much anymore. I don't get paid a shit ton of money like like what, what some people get paid. But I, I make a decent when I'm working and I'm, yeah. I'm doing the thing that I do. I'm, I make a decent living and it's it's you fine. You get paid what you're worth. Well, I get paid probably more than what I'm worth. You know, I get paid more than what I'm probably worth. I think at the end but of the that's day. Not your, that's not your fault. Your no, fault. I mean, it, honestly, it's, you know, the thing is, is like, like anything, I've been doing it a long time. You've built relations. It's not just the, the skill of like clicking a photo. No, I know. Or taking a p- photo. It's, you know, it's not just the skill of like screaming the loudest as <laughs> yeah. in a band. Like anybody can scream loud. Totally. Anybody can take a photo. It's about all of the other nuanced shit that goes around it. And I, I mean, that's taken me a long time to, to realize that or to see that. So for myself, I still have to look in the mirror and be like, Hey, you know what? It's like you're getting paid X amount of dollars. You're working for, you know, and I try to do the math and I'm like, oh my God, that's like, you know, crazy. Like that seems ridiculous that you're getting paid that much an hour. Like I'll equate it to like an hourly because I'm so used to being like a retail dude or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That shit never goes away. I'm like 18 still. (laughs) And, um, and, and I'll equate it to that and be like, oh my God, it's like whatever. And then I think like, well, yeah, but you know, and then you have to tell yourself like, oh, you've been doing this and you've done this and you've put this here and you've put the work in Telling yourself why you're worth it. Yeah. 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 And then you're supposed to walk in the room and be like, I'm worth it. You know, it's like, no, really, no, it's, no. it's hard. <laughs> I usually walk in the room and be like, how's everybody doing? And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a photographer. Oh, cool. Like what? Yeah, because there's so many cocky ones, arrogant ones, right? Like Photographers are lame. They're usually pretty lame. Yeah, usually pretty lame people. Yeah, it's a whole different world, man. It's so Because it's, it's it's bullshit. It's like at the end of the day, like I, I love doing it because I like, I like the interaction with people. I like, totally. you know, and I'm a, it's funny because it's like a way for me to, it's kind of like being on stage. It's like a way to be sort of the best person that you want to be, like personality-wise or yeah, maybe yeah, outgoingness, yeah. you know? It's like I'm I'm pretty nervous and like, you know, I, I, I'm much more of an observer like in a room of full of people uh, typically, but like if I'm on stage, it's like I'm supposed to be the guy that's doing the thing, like yeah. yelling. So I'm going to do it as as fucking great as I can, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it's awesome. And so yeah. photography is kind of the same. Like I want to be as good as I can at it. But you feel the you feel the most as yourself probably on stage than anywhere else in the world. Yes. Yeah. 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 Free. Just everything, man. It, it, it's it is literally. It's so hard to explain it, it's, man. It's like, it's like no other feeling. Yeah. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. And it's always it doesn't really. I really can't see a change in like the fun and the feel of it unless you have total hatred for your band, which you shouldn't be in a band with people anyways if that happens. Yeah, but. I mean it sucks if you're in a 
band where you don't talk to each other. People do that, man. Like oh, yeah. different dressing rooms, different fucking yeah. buses. Like yeah, sure. It's crazy. I've bro. seen it. I've been around it. I've I've you know, I mean it, you know at the, at the end of the day, it's like anything you love, you, it becomes a job, and it becomes a job. Yeah, you know, like you can still really dig. I mean, so that that's kind of like going back to. Well, they say that if you love what you do, you never worked a day in your life. Right. Is that true? <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. I know. Because I, I, I see people who do what they say they love doing, and, or at least they say they love doing it. It looks like they love doing it, and they seem pretty miserable outside yeah, of it. Know, you there's know? a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It is crazy. And I mean, that's kind of how it felt in Strife after a while. It's like, oh, you have to go do this interview on a, for a radio. I don't want to talk about myself, or I don't want to talk about the band. Like, I just want to go play a show. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to do that. It's kind of lame. Like, yeah. To like, oh, hey, we're, yeah, we got a record coming out. Like, yeah, go check it out. Go promote, just doing that whole thing. New record, yeah, new cycle, yeah, yeah. all that, dude. It was like, like the shit, like the rock. It was like the industry yeah. side of it. I didn't want to do that. Sound scan. Yeah, oh, yeah. bro. First week sales. What's your publishing deal like? What? All that Weird. shit. Yeah. That's the that's the part that ruins bands, the business part. But people like Victory were like, yes, we love that mentality. Yeah, <laughs> that was a di- that's a different. Yeah, yeah. Whole other thing. <sighs> Damn, man. Yeah. Well, fuck, man. Let me try to think. I'll get my notes on here. That was a, We covered so much. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, well, one of the questions. Yeah, I answered that question. Hang on. Look at my stuff. We already talked about optimism and pessimists. I know what you are. You're in the middle somewhere. You're positive. Ne- what did you say? You're positively negative or negatively? I'm, not, I'm like a real. I guess re- you realist. said it better. Hey, I'm a realist. My wife's a realist too. Yeah, yeah, I'm a realist. I'm like you know, like I believe that ultimately people can do good shit, but I'm pretty confident they're gonna be bad. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like most people, you know, are gonna let you down. It's about expectation, really. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's like if Keep I... Keep expectations I, low. Yeah, yeah. Like, my motto growing up was always never excel. Be good at what you do. Be really good at what you do, but never be the best. Because the wow. best is going to always... You're always going to fall from best. But if you're really good, you can always be really good. Damn. So that was always kind of my mentality about it. And I think expectation with people like... You know, sometimes people are like, how could you be friends with this person or whatever? It's because... Because I don't expect much, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like That's I, a great point sometimes, too. like you know, like wh- who do I really expect to be everything that one might think of a friend or a family member? It's like I can count them on one hand. Yeah, it's true. Everybody else, I'm cool. Like you're, yeah, you you did some fucked up shit back in the day, but you're cool now, or like whatever. You've made amends, or you've tried yeah. to be a better person. So I'm gonna people can change. I'm gonna let you be a better person. Like, why am I gonna hold yeah. you down or be like, oh, you did something lame in '97 when you're like on tour with it? People who grudges like that, dude. It's, it's I get he- it's a heavy bag to carry. It's man. too much. Life, like man. life is too short to be worrying about other people's bullshit. Do you have like a top five of any kind of artist or anything? Like favorite inspirational? I mean, right anything? now I'm really into Blast again. The Power of Expression record is amazing. Damn, I love that record. Oh my. Do you listen to new shit too? You keep your ear to the street on new shit not much? Not really. I, I mean, try my best. I try, man. I try, but like I mean, I, I always defer to Andrea and it'll be like, Oh, check out this band. Yo, he knows what's up. He he's like he's insane. He's uh, kept his ear. He's like he's like the West Coast Scott Vogel. Yeah, yeah. They're he, both super like yeah. in the in the, it's all I love it. I respect it, man. You know yeah, yeah I mean? it's cool. I mean, I, I I mean it's he is he loves he loves what he loves it. Yeah. And uh, and it shows and it's like it's not bullshit. It's not he's just so down they and love it and live it's it, inspiring. Man. It's dude, Birthhold City. That new yeah. record is fucking phenomenal. No, it's sick. I listened to it, I was like, uh ah, Andrew. It's video. Yeah. And it's fucking great, dude. The yeah. record is so good. It's like everything that I want out of a hardcore record. Like, and none of the bullshit. Yeah. It's perfect, I think. It's like, for me, it's like a perfect 
sounding record. name is from that varsity font. Like yeah, it's font. so funny. So it's, sick. Who would ever thought about that? I know. He, he can think about that. It's yeah. awesome. He's a, he's a whip. So you me. listen to mostly older shit. Nothing. Hey, I listen to, I mean, if I, I listen to Integrity, I listen to Sick of It All. I listen to Agnostic yeah. Front. I listen to Use It Some Today. more harder shit still, yeah. Yeah, I love Slayer. I still listen what to What is something that people listening will be surprised that Rick from Strife listens to? Uh, I don't know. Grateful Dead. I love the Grateful wow. Dead. Yeah, I just saw them. I I never was never into them. I hated them. And then you know at, at fi- forty nine or forty eight years old, I was like, oh, Grateful Dead. Fuck them. Oh, okay, cool. So they're cool. It's awesome. Well, the thing about them that I that got me fascinated was this, the the aura, the thing that be, yeah, dude, because they the as bears, a, as a, all that, yeah, yeah. Well, the crowd, the the fanaticism. I'm like, so many people are into them. Why? Mm. Why are some? Why are people dedicated their life to, the, to this? Follow them around. To follow them. Around. You're an 80 year old, literally a 70 year old dude, and all you're talking about is the dead. <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck? What is it about this band? Yeah. that started that, and that's really what kickstarted it. And then I started watching documentaries, and I started doing Damn. a little bit of research on them because, like, I'm I'm fascinated by what makes like group mentality, hardcore, the same thing. So, same like, thing. What makes these kids all like? Well, tomorrow we're gonna wear baggy pants. Yeah. That's everybody's gonna be wearing baggy pants. Yeah, and then you know, but we're individuals, and you know, so <laughs> human beings are fascinating, right? Yeah, like you point. know, but keep your arms uh, at arms distance. You know, I always tell my mom, my wife's always like, "You keep everybody at arms distance," and it's like, yeah, because you're, yeah. <laughs> so you went and checked them out. They're awesome. I well, I went and saw Dead and Company, which John Mayer is like the singer or whatever now, and it's like what? I was gonna I hate it. Oh, dude, you would you gotta it? give it a chance. Uh, he, I like him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was. Um, I loved it. It was fun. Sick. I saw. I, we went and saw him at Dodger Stadium, and then I drove up to see him in in the up near the bay. And, Damn, traveling. This yeah, I'm wow. on the bus, baby. Uh, but you know, a lot of old. You know, it's funny because like a lot of there's some other old hardcore dudes that are into them and shit. And mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh, you know, am I just doing like what I did when I was 18? Like, oh, the dead are cool now. It's like I love Super Touch. You know, like <laughs> Super Touch was like the dead for us back in back, oh, back shit, in the day. Super Touch, that's you, crazy. You know, man. like yeah. I had I had a I had a love for them almost like. Damn. It was like you know people were like whoa what about you know I mean people love Super Touch obviously totally but, but I loved them like the first time I saw them it was, it was so like different a, on, yeah, yeah it was awesome I mean it was just a groovy and soulful yeah, it was just it was like it was as moving for me as it was like seeing you know the most pissed off like hardcore band too it was like st- it was like a spiritual vibe yeah shout out to Mark Ryan man that, yeah, he, 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 was, he was on another level back then with that you know totally I mean? absolutely the was whole band I mean, what was it yeah Oh, it's so heavy and awesome and beautiful. Damn. Sick. Also, a shout out to MDC and DK. You yeah. mentioned earlier, like so many of those songs that they were singing about back then is, is happening right now today Absolutely. still. Yeah, and yeah. like, just M- MDC with everything, man. I remember that song. I remember when I first through school. When I doing doing cool. yeah. yeah. I still it's listen to that blue. song yeah. and I'm like, that song is now. In the USA, got to take a chance. Get, Stand up, take free. free. Yeah. Wow. Call us land of living. Trent McDonald and me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, Corporate Death Burger, yeah. Ronald McDonald. Yeah, I mean, some of it was like too. Like, I've always been into like rhythm and shit. Like, oh, I think yeah. that's why I like I remember because it felt like it was the most. I remember. Yeah. It, it had like a. Gr- it had like a. I don't know. Like there was certain aspects. It had about a flow pun- to it. It did. Yeah. It was different than the other ones. Like de- Like that's why Damn. I love Descendants. Yes. You know. Ooh. The it's, melody. Yeah, it's bro. beautiful. It's beautiful. Like what? I'm an emo. I'm an emo kid at heart. Like 100. percent Like I like to cry. Nice. I cry at commercials and shit. Me too, bro. Yeah, you yeah. fucking kidding me? Yeah, we're Sour sensitive. grapes when I get the time. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Dude. So you loved all the pop shit too, like the melody. Not all of it. I liked the shit that was good. Yeah, the descendants were the kings though, King. Man. I mean, there, no one can touch them. I love Jawbreaker. You know, Do you like all Embrace? That's... Of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Dude, that record. 
so, I still listen to it. Still, I get, I get emotional listening yeah. to it. I mean, I, I get in arguments with people about Fugazi, like Fugazi in particular. Like, oh, Fugazi's like. I mean, they're still. I, I, I still get goosebumps with Fugazi. It's probably my f- all-time favorite. If I had to choose one Let's band go. that symbolizes all of what I love about hardcore and like diversity and music and all that stuff Community, in hardcore, everything. it's probably Fugazi. And then you know, people argue with me or whatever and blah blah blah. But I, I, I think it's incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah, everything, just the energy, the songs. It's awesome. The... It's awesome. You can't fuck with it. The, live, you cannot Ooh. fuck with them. Like in my opinion, Great. no other band has ever been as good live. So, so you put that. That's one of your tops. Yeah, top, top. Yeah. Damn. What about like a harder hardcore band? Mm, I mean, Judge. So, yeah. Sick yeah, of yeah. it all. Like you know, any any first record from any. Were of you those a big ba- Minor Threat fan too? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Seven sure. Seconds. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Amazing. All the melodic records I love the best. I mean, any of the. Any of the bands that like you know it's weird because in the in the eighties like a band like Seven Seconds they there was like a th- it was a following like there was you know people like it was a thing like the shows were big yeah. and it's like they would play and it was like a th- it was a gathering it wasn't like a it wasn't a D- it was DIY for sure obviously but it wasn't like it wasn't like oh I'm gonna go see Seven Seconds you know in someone's backyard. Yeah. It was like I'm gonna go see Seven Seconds at the Country Club, and it's like a cap. You know, there's like a capped room. You know, it's like yeah. they filled the room. You know, and I feel like it, that it's hard to do nowadays. Like maybe you know certain bigger bands can do that, but yeah. it it's a it's a beautiful thing to see a band intimately. You know what I mean? Like be yeah. right there on stage. You know, right there on they're playing on the floor, and you're right next to them. It's like kind of kind of a magical thing. But there's also something super awesome about seeing a band like Seven Seconds or Descendants or whatever in a big room with like a lot of people. It's like scary and like, yeah. you know, you get to like see different people and meet different people. And yeah, it's kind of cool. I just saw Seven Seconds and played him with Circle Jerks. Yeah, sick. Like, so sick. It was insane. Seven, yeah. Kevin sounded so good. Yeah. Crowd was incredible. Whole crowd singing Nine Night Red Balloons. I was like, what year is this? It's gorgeous. 2022 with Negative Approach yes. at the Palladium. <laughs> like, Who would have fucking And those thought. guys in their 60s, man. Yeah. Killing it's it so too. Inspiring. Sounds Vinny so good. Stigma too. Like these guys, like they're so inspiring to me. Man. Andrew Klein is the West Coast version of Vinny Stigma. All right, that's what I'm gonna say. Not different, way different age, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, but wait till Andrew's like 60 in his 60s. You'll, okay. you'll see, you'll see. He'll be the same. He'll be the same. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Klein too. Shout out to Andrew. He always Klein. smells so good. I have to always say that he's a he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you for being here, man. I'm gonna fucking smash these cookies. A lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I'm glad you didn't. I'll flake and say a diarrhea because this has been great. I'm yeah, it really. I, it was just everything you you before we got on. You're like, oh, it's just a conversation. It's fun, sure, and it. Dude. I mean, anybody. It's such a luxury to be here and a beautiful thing to be here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks. Toby. And so, when people can just find you online, Rick Rodney photo. photo yeah, yeah, yeah. And then are there some stripe shows coming up? Talk shit. Um, <laughs> not not really. I mean, we have a show. We're playing with. Um, we're playing up in Canada, like in August, I think. Oh shit! Okay. Um, do you want to play more shows? Or just I, I would like to play more shows. I mean, now that pandemic's kind of chilled out. Yeah. yeah, I was super gnarly about it. You know, my both my wife and I were like very like hermity. Like we I, were locked down. Yeah, too, it was yeah. a great. It, I mean, I love I love a good lockdown for sure. Like <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. That sounds rad. Yeah. Um, but, but now uh, you're ready to go. I, I I would like to. Yeah, I think playing shows is again. It's like I'm not gonna be around forever. So let's try to get it in while we can. Not that not that we didn't appreciate it, but I really like. I'm like, damn! I can't wait to play. It's, yeah, like, it's yeah. such a new feeling, man. You it's because well, you, you, when you can't do it, because at any moment, H2O could go play a show. You could be like, hey, yeah. you guys want to play next weekend? We'll fucking do it at. We'll, we'll call any club anywhere and just go play a show. Yes. Whether it's 
quote unquote successful, yeah, you know, for Strife to do something like that or not. It doesn't matter. We could call anybody and be like, hey, can we play a show in a couple of weeks? And it could happen. Totally. But when you can't do that, Dude, you're like, oh, shit, I want to do it. That's like damn, and music was at the very bottom of the totem pole of all the essential stuff. Yeah, like mu- music, everything was a- absolutely. And everybody mentioned it once. I was like, yeah. "When's this coming?" It was yeah. And there's so many. And it's funny. It's, it's ironic because music really does is the thread that keeps everything it's moving. Very essential to the heart and the soul and yeah. everything, man. It connects people, everything. Maybe that's why we're all fucked up right now in this world, like in this country and shit. And things are going so south and so sideways. I know, man. We just got to get the music. Well, back. we're going backwards, man. Yeah. I mean, like. At mock speed, if we keep going, do you spend time on the internet? Like, do you do you check your messages? Do you read comments? Do you? you do you yeah, spend, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, caught I don't, up in the caught up in. The I try not to because, like, I I mean, I could just you could just drive yourself mad totally trying trying weird. to keep up with the the th- everything. That's so, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. it's it, and it, it really at the end of the day, like, does it make you feel good to like be in this place on this in this social media world not it's really a world yeah it doesn't i don't really feel good after like i feel like i need to take a shower sometimes dude, i feel good now and that was two hours off our phones just talking yeah and I that didn't shit doesn't happen no more dude it, it is doesn't really happen no more and you never win an argument on the internet it's good to promote things your shows things the pocket things you're doing yeah it's useful there, there's some positive things on there yeah for sure but there's like a lot of like just shit that just like and now it's just like a way to sell you shit and it's ugly and there's all kinds of weird algorithms and all this weird stuff that yeah. you have to like follow which I, I don't understand. Oh my understand. God, no one likes my photo today. What am I going to do with my life? It's like, uh, you're going to keep on moving. pressure for children. Yeah. There's all that. All, oh, our I kids are only going to know that. You know, I mean, we, we grew up without that outside. It's yeah. such a beautiful thing, man. I know. I mean, I, I was I wanted to see Max because I wanted to pick his brain about like how he's dealing with like real, reality of the world because he's like in it and he's a handsome fella. He's he's like, with an agency now, right? Yeah, yeah. As a photographer, my, I mean, he I, I know the agency he's with. I work with them. But um, yeah, he's doing that surfing and modeling, and he, but he's he's a fucking solid kid because of his background and where he, how he grew up. Thank you. He stays outside; like he's never played video games. He's always either surfing or skating. Amazing. He he, he really loves California, and he's outside. I'm really lucky for that. But and he's on these Billy. You only post pictures. Billy even on his shit. Like he's, he has a girlfriend. He's just chilling, man. Yeah. But growing up in Hollywood, that's scary. Yeah, it is. There's so many so many different things, but it's not just outside. It's like all the influences on your phone as well. I think it's more dangerous. Because kids are getting bullied on their phone. Yeah. Back in the day, be face to face. You go home. Yeah, you scrap it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like texting you while you're at home, bullying you on fucking Facebook. I can't even take a shit. Scary, dude. Yeah. Are your kids gonna be homeschooled or regular school? Regular schooled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're not doing like my wife grew up in the sort of private school world, and I grew up in a public school world, and it didn't it didn't work for either of us, like Ah. respectively. Like I'm always like, oh, maybe if I was at a public private school, it'd have been like more focused because it's like more like what. But it's all the grass is always greener. Yeah. So we're gonna just try to bring them up like like minded, like the school ethos. Like ultimately, are you you know you know inclusive or yeah, do you, you know you know and that kind of thing. The, the 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 values that we've we look for in our friends and in our the people how you we live your life. yeah how we live our life yeah. is you know if the school reflects that then I'm I'm down with it and we'll we'll let it we'll let it ride as you know as long as he seems happy or she seems happy and what they're doing you know and not, life isn't perfect you know there's gonna be bumps in the road you gotta totally. you gotta have bumps in the road yeah but uh yeah it, you know I, I, I we'll see yeah so my son yet was in, to be seen my know? son was in Larchmont Charter it's like a, um 
a lottery, yeah, I, lottery ticket. Yeah, in. yeah, I know it is. He was in that most of his life, and he gets carpooled to school, and it's kind of like this little bubble of a world. Sure. And it's really wonderful and amazing, but when he was about to have to go to the high school version, my son came to me, and my wife was like, hey, I want to go to a school where there's bullies and there's lockers. Sick. He wanted, and so we went to Hamilton High, where the interrupters all went to school, where Nipsey Hussle went. It's on... Um, I think it's on Robertson, if I'm correct. But there's a music program. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Sound it is. Lab. Yeah. He learned how to read music. Changed everything for him. Sick. And it's like all different kids from all around the city. Like, right, right. Also, probably even like want to make that move because it was so hard to get in that fucking charter. Dude. I know, I know. And I once mean, you're out, you're out. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you don't want to be a part of the club? Then later, dude. And he experienced bullies, but he never got a locker. <laughs> but but that's something he wanted to do. I was like, yo, this is like real get him a shit. locker. Like, you can get him a and locker. He was like taking a scooter to school. We were dropping him, like, and then he graduated virtually on the fucking computer. And anyway, but yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. But yeah, man, I'm glad he wanted to do that because the the charter schools are awesome. But it's just I don't know. You're, I mean, you're. you're it's all you're, private. It, it, it is. It is a public. It is a bubble. It's a bubble of like you know, like oh, what do you mean? Like everybody like loves you know wants uh you know marriage equality and everybody yeah, wants yeah, yeah. you know this that and the other yeah. What are you talking about? Like the world doesn't operate that way. Yeah. It's like all you experience. I mean, in a way, like I and I think again, you and I probably come from a different school of thought. Like, but yeah, you can easily get trapped by your own utopia, you yeah. know, or what you think is a utopia, and you can try to shelter people, or your kids, or, or, as you know, into this little bubble. But the reality is, as soon as they walk out the door without you being around, the shit will hit them. Like the re- and I, I take Leo to the skate park every day. Which skate park? Garbanzo. That's where okay. we live. We live across the street from Garbanzo Skate Park in uh, in Highland Park, and um, you know it's it's considered a rough skate park. There's a lot of kids that will like you know that see smoking, hanging see, out, oh, yeah. just living it. You know, skating, like yeah. doing the skate thing. It's like you know not always the best shit to be doing, but you know yeah. I, I did it when I was a kid, whatever. And you know I have friends, moms, you know friends of mine that are moms. They're like, oh my god, you take them there? It's like <laughs> I'm kind of nervous to take my kids there, and I'm like, why? Like those, these kids are the fucking shit. Like they're yeah. not perfect. They smoke. They may smoke weed. They listen to loud music. They listen to Danzig super loud, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But they're community. Like they got each other's back. Totally, hundred percent. And maybe their parents don't have their backs, and maybe they have a fucked up existence, and maybe this shit is not perfect or whatever. It's true. But like, there's there's beef. They scrap. You know what I mean? And it's they like handle it. yeah. they handle it, and it's not like um. It, it well, it, it, it so far. It's a good experience for him to be around. It may make him grow up a little too fast. I want to pump the brakes a little bit because yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. like walking around going like, fuck that shit. And I'm like, bro, you're five. Like, chill. Don't don't be doing that. Oh, like, just take it easy on the language sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that kid's smoking over there. Don't don't do that. Don't smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so it's whatever. You can't protect him from everything. But I think it's a good existence. I think it's yeah. cool. It shows him, you know, he's getting beat up on a skateboard. He's learning to take a punch. You know what I mean? On a skateboard, he doesn't have to, you know, I think it's important. Yeah. And, and so, you know, my wife is kind of like, whoa like chill and i'm like no it's good you know what's something too i realized too my son turned 18 it's like we don't own our kids like we <laughs> made them to get I mean, yeah. like maybe we raised them and like we yeah. don't own our ch- it's crazy yeah bro. yeah 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 they can just they're out that's it bro they might even talk to you again i know but he's got to do the best thing while they're under your roof and teach them everything you know it's like well you're doing it like, i mean you're, you're living by example and thank like you, man. it's communication is really key man absolutely like, i agree don't want max to be able to tell us everything and anything we've always had that you know what I mean? Like it's that's super important, man. Yeah. And if you if you trust your kid, they know you trust them. They won't do stupid shit. Yeah. Like we know when Max says he's somewhere, he's there. He'll text him here. I made it. You know what I mean? We're still like I made it to my girlfriend's. Like all that. He's nineteen. Like there's all that communication. Like yeah. And that's that's so important. I mean that ultimately is probably the most important thing is like being able to have that trust 
You know what I mean? Because it's it's difficult. Difficult. It's fragile. It's easy. Our own egos get in the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we want our kids to be who who we think they are supposed to be. Yeah. That that's not their job. I know, man. They're not supposed to just be like, hey, yeah. I want you to be into hardcore, and I want you I to be know. into. My kid's probably gonna grow up and love fucking Britney Spears or whatever yeah. pop band. Like I, that's cool. Max like, doesn't even like hardcore. Like he he likes. Hazen Street because he was around during that <laughs> yeah, time. He yeah, loves that. Yeah. He loves Mab because he loves Uncle Freddie and Hoya. But sure. he's seen them playing loves them. Yeah. But that's about he loves like straight like black metal and death metal. That's crazy. He likes crazy shit I never even heard of. He's turning me More on extreme too. than than exactly. like Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like what music could this kid possibly bring that's on? Not music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like a rockabilly hip hop, but then he found like uh, fit for not tops you know his bands like he fucks with death and just all this stuff that i never yeah. heard right right so he's schooling it's me on extreme that. for for you but i is, love it though. yeah yeah it's sick i mean he found on his own yeah it's and cool. i mean ultimately like he's a rad dude so whatever he's you know and life is about experience like you're gonna fuck up and you're gonna make mistakes and that's what kids are supposed to do that's what we do we're gonna be here to guide them as long as we yeah. can as long as they'll listen to us yeah and respect yeah. us and totally. communication Chill. well fuck man that was some real dad talk Thanks, love bro. you bro <laughs> love you too, this man. was awesome <laughs> great thank, thank you, you for being there peace and, uh, I'll see you soon Brady bye. peace bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets I personally don't have any regrets even when it comes to my tattoos I have the silliest tattoos even my ET on my leg it's still a childhood memory for me and I love it I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos I started getting tattoos when I was 18 I'm 52 now and I can't stop I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to Removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 removal treatments done. 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology, cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do on these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch it, anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam.